Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. I installed the soundboard so I no longer have to make sure that that doesn't go into the next song because it just ends now. Look at that. We're moving up in the world. It only took us 42 episodes for James to figure out how the pause button works. Listen, no, we're not moving up yet because I'm only using the free version. So I only get five items on the soundboard until I pay. So until we're cool enough to start a Patreon and force you people to pay for this shit. I'll post feed pics if we do. (laughs) Post Uh, feed pics. Speaking of feed pics, I was just on the ESPN website and one of the ads they were feeding me was like this toe fungus thing and this person like washing their toes with a toothbrush i'm like i have to i, I have to delete like click the x on the app and i said why do you want to remove this app because i went down or this, why this ad <laughs> why not because like, it's offensive <laughs> this is fucking gross no like, he's like it excites me <laughs> there's actually an option for that where it says something like it's vulgar or like something like that but um it gives man, me too big of a boner <laughs> there's my, there's that one and there's my, like the toe that's fungus. There? there's another toe fungus one that happens like on like sports television all the time and i only know it's sports television because the only television i watch there's that one it's like that guy's like brushing his teeth or something and the kid is like playing like yeah. by his feet with it and they're like oh like destroy it's the fine. whatever it's not, it's not contagious and then doctor's like it's contagious you got to get that looked at that commercial yeah, is that fucking one. disgusting i just remember yeah. the john madden tough acting to acting commercials i remember those ones but i don't remember yeah. it ever being like showing dirty old moldy no, feet the foot wasn't dirty moldy it was a guy's foot and it was standing in like a gym shower and it was like on fire oh right okay i do remember that yeah but that's like cartooned enough to where it's not that bad <laughs> it doesn't excite dustin <laughs> right <laughs> and Imagine that voice you're hearing is uh maddie key hello maddie Sorry, Jim, I had something there. I need to giggle. No, I was going to say, imagine having a foot fetish, but it wasn't for like, <laughs> it was just for gross shit. Like, again, they there's, say there's something out there for everyone. There's got to yeah. be somewhere out there just whipping it to foot fungus or yeah, something. Knows, Tony, his name is Tony Atlas. That's what it is. <laughs> Hold on. What? You haven't heard about Tony Atlas? Okay, I don't know if he likes like dirty feet or something, but Tony Atlas will like pay for women to like step on him and shit. Yeah, I know. But like, imagine being like, listen, I only pay for it if it's got corns. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I can totally see someone out there being into that. And that's okay. Um, We are glad that you are into this show. And this show, of course, is 43.6. And today on the program, we're going to be talking about Super Bowl 57. I think it's 57, if that's how you read Roman numerals. Uh, We'll go over the props, uh, some of the props that we've been looking at and we had our eye on. The fun ones. Some of the fun ones that we think you should keep your eye on as well. There's also a couple of NFL quarterbacks that uh, are making headlines, and we'd like to talk a bit about that. The NHL All-Star Weekend happened this weekend, and no one cares, but... Next week, or next week, <laughs> next year, it will be in Toronto. So that's worth a bit of a conversation. Bo Horvat, we did talk about last week, but there's developments to the Bo Horvat story. And speaking of developments to a story, Kyrie Irving, by all <laughs> accounts at this moment, sounds like he is headed to the Dallas Mavericks. We will talk all about that and a whole lot more on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we will talk a bit more about later. But first, it has been <laughs> not even a week since we last gathered around these microphones. We did have a late episode last week, so it's only been a few days since we've last gathered to discuss, but I still want to know what's going on in y'all's lives. 
So, Maddie, we will start with you this time. Yeah. So there's an update on StateGate. Oh, okay. Okay. There's an update on StateGate. One of my best friends, uh, his name's Carl, has made it clear to me that I may have a stake issue. Oh, okay. I thought he, he was going to be supportive. And I was going to no. say, well, birds to a feather, motherfucker. But okay. <laughs> no, he, he, he had brought it up to me uh, that I may have a stake issue. And then what he decided to do was because we worked together um, and we were just like on a call to, you know, with each other the other day. And my wife is walking by and he yells because he heard her in the kitchen and he yells. He's like, Lindsay, come in here. She comes in and he asks her. And apparently she has issues with my stake purchases, but she doesn't oh. say anything. She's See, just like, I, I was under the <clears throat> impression that your wife was also influencing the stake <laughs> purchasing decisions. No, she just she let's put it this way. She knows the things that are worth arguing with me over and the things that aren't. And this was one of those ones she said it's not worth the argument over. Um, so when it's, you know, Dustin, I care about you. I like you. Oh, but yeah. when it's your wife and one of your best friends of like 15 years telling you all this crap, there may be a problem. And so we've kind of resolved ourselves to something. And he kind of put it to me like this. He was like, you're roughly spending $600 a month on steak. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. He's like, you want to buy a truck? And I was like, yeah. And so he said, that's your truck payment right there. I, I feel like we said this on the show. We said this is essentially a car payment of like, I feel like that's literally what we said on the show. We did, but like he narrowed it down into like the specific truck, like he priced it out and he showed the payment and he was like, look, so we're going to do something over the next month and a half. I'm going to save the receipts and each time I buy the steak, I'm going to track it in like exact dollar figures. Okay. Why not? Why this not just buy a different steak and take that money and put it in savings and then track <laughs> exactly. how much you, you should be doing? <laughs> no, you no, no. buy a cheaper steak and then you deduct the difference and that extra money you put in a piggy bank. And at the end of like six months, you take all that money and you go down to the Ford dealership and you buy your lightning. I'm not buying a lightning. I'm getting the Ram revolution. But anyway, we move on. So I'm going to do that for like a month and then buy the cheaper one for the month. And see how it goes and see if I can. Or my wife had said she will do this. I buy one pack of the expensive one, one pack of the cheaper one. She will cook it. She won't tell me which one's which. And then she will taste test me. Ah, right. The Pepsi, so I was, Pepsi I was thinking exactly that too. Like, uh, you guys ever watch Good Mythical Morning? No. no. Okay. Well, it's a very popular show on YouTube. But basically, uh, one of the shows they, or one of the themes of a show they usually do is like a, a price tier taste test. So they'll yeah, drop like chicken wings in front of them. Chicken wings is probably a bad example, but they'll drop chicken wings in front of you and say, one of these is from the frozen grocery aisle. One of these is from a fast food place. One of these is from a sit down restaurant. And one of these is from a fine dining restaurant. And you try all four of them and you pick which one is your favorite. I feel like that's what we need to do with your steaks. You're, so where in this case, your steak is the fine dining option. And then we'll go to like food basics, bargain bin, throwaway special for like the other end of the spectrum and fill in two more in the middle and see what is your favorite okay let's not get crazy because she didn't mean 
like the food basics one she just meant like the cheaper option at galleria which is still like 20 dollars a pack no not you're still not saving money <laughs> i'm well, just yeah. going to a regular grocery store and buy your meat from a regular grocery store when it's on sale like the rest of us like the rest of us peasants over here buying only the stuff that's on sale so i would but it's been years of doing this in the routine and the habit and it's it's hard like i'll get like withdrawal but I do know what you're talking about because there's a food channel that my wife and me watch called Sorted Food. And they do, uh, they have like different series of, or episodes or things they do. Like they'll do cooking battles with each other. They'll do, you know, chef versus normal because they're all like university friends. And uh, one of them's an actually trained chef, went to school and the other are just three dudes that like food. And so they call them normals and the chef chef. And one of the things they have is pick the premium. So the chef will make a dish with a premium ingredient and you have to see if you can taste the difference. And then they say, is it worth the money? Yes or no. And a lot of the time it comes down to whether it's, is the ingredient the featured aspect? And if it is, and it's only that, that you're showcasing and you can taste a noticeable difference to say, yeah, you get it. But then they're like, if you're mixing it in as part of like a salad or a pasta or something like that, and you're not really going to notice the difference, there's no point. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So we're going to try this. And then if it, you know, works out. You're not out, trying anything. <laughs> you're just... No, we're going to do three tiers. We're going to do the food basics or Loblaws, just regular steak. And then we're going to do uh, the mid tier from Galleria. And then we're going to go God tier from Galleria. And then we're going to make three separate dishes. I'm going to be blindfolded because there's a visible difference. And then I'm going to try it. And if, and I'm going to be completely honest and say which one or how much of a difference I notice and whatever, because it's not fair if I don't. So I can't, I can't wait for you to be like, oh, this one's clearly the best one. And it's like the food basic throwaway special. If it's not, oh, we're going to, we're going to have a problem, but yeah, so we're going to try that. Um, so that was something that we came to terms or agreement with the other day. Um, yeah. And then also too, and I know you'd kind of briefly said it and maybe we'll do after this, but gearing up for Harry Potter, Hogwarts legacy. Yeah. So I don't think we mentioned it on the air yet, but I wanted to bring this up as well. Cause I want to get everyone's opinion on this because there's a lot of negativity in the world of Harry Potter. Right. So, and, but at the same time, I also think it is 100% my nerd echo chamber like when i go on twitter it is sports wrestling and video games that's kind of like and i guess like some local news and whatever but when people start talking about hogwarts legacy coming out this week and i guess it's been like in the news in the news it's been in my echo chamber for the past few weeks as we're leading up to the release of this game there are a lot of people who are like don't support this game don't buy it. Vote with your wallet. Don't be an asshole and buy this game. It's like, I don't like, I, okay, look, I, I get it. JK Rowling is, Piece of shit. um, I think objectively I can say is a raging cunt. <laughs> I think that is a totally, I might have to bleep that fair thing to say. <laughs> yeah. That, I might have to get bleeped out on the edit. But what does the soundboard um, had for bleep outs? Maybe I can, a, a gong? I don't know if I guess it's going to work. I don't know. 
but based on the very transphobic remarks that uh, J.K. Rowling has made in the past, that is why people are upset about people buying Hogwarts Legacy and supporting this game or whatever. Uh, my opinion is that I, no one that I know of from Portkey Games is uh, transphobic, at least not openly. Um, no one from Avalanche that I know of is um, transphobic or any other phobic that I'm aware of. Except the director. There are, like, <laughs> well, sure. But there are like... That, my point is there are thousands of people that work on this game that have absolutely nothing to do with the bigoted views of J.K. Rowling. Now, I also understand that the a portion of these profits will definitely go into the, her pockets. I just see th their pockets just to annoy J.K. Rowling. Uh, would go right into their pockets. But <laughs> how many people every year go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? <laughs> how many people rewatch these movies Every single year. And Dude, the amount of books. money and she's making from this compared to everything else is it's a drop minimal. Yeah. So don't come at me saying, oh, you shouldn't play this video game or support this horrible person. When you have you ever walked into a Indigo recently or a Chapters? There is like at least a hundred square feet of just Harry Potter merch. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, Dumbledore just vomited all over this store, and there is just everything you can possibly think of. Some really cool looking stuff, actually. Oh, yeah, some of it's really cool. I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan in the world, but I am interested in playing this game. I was really hoping it come to Game Pass, and I wouldn't have to pay for it, but I'm interested. So, my thing is this if you're one of the people that say boycott this game, don't whatever, the developers put in a trans character for this purpose to say look that might be her views but a lot of the people that work on the ips that work on the games that were in the movies because they've come out and spoken against what she said um they've done things to say regardless of what she does we're here with you they put the trans character in the game they've donated money to a lot of diversity and inclusivity um initiatives and then also, you know, it just, like you said, there's a lot of people that maybe severely disagree with her views that work on this game. And I think you're kind of also shitting on them a little bit when you do that. Um, but my, my, my big problem with it is, is a lot of the people for two things are one that will screen boycott the game aren't gamers. Like they would never have played the game in the first place. Right. They're, that's it's not geared for them like the media type and then two is if that's the stand they're going to take they better reassess everything they throw their money at in their life in the future whether it's shampoos whether it's clothing whether it's food what is is the coffee you're buying ethically sourced beans is it is the products you're buying, whether it's cosmetics, is it ethically tested and not on animals? And Dude, shit they're like that. saying while so, wearing this with Nike shoes are made by eight-year-olds. I was just going to say, how's those exactly. Jordans that you're wearing right now? <laughs> right. So that's my big issue with it is this is this is the one they choose to fight or choose to speak up on, which I agree there should be awareness or a disclaimer. I hope there's a disclaimer at the start of the game that says, although the views by some in this universe, without having to name her may disagree we believe in inclusivity for everyone and blah 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 and some statement like that but at, like i said 
is if that's the argument you're going to make, you better make sure all your shit's in a line. You better not be wearing anything that comes from Tommy Hilfiger, who's a known racist, or Lululemon, who's a known, you know, body shamer and shit like that. So it's just the hypocrisy is what bothers me about it. Yep. I'm in the same boat. Actually, speaking of which, I was recently, not recently, maybe the past couple of months, like setting up all the like DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff on this bookshelf. And I was going through the boxes of old stuff and I found a couple like Rock'em Sock'em Don Cherry shit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. Like, what do I do with this? Like, do I just throw this in the garbage or is it like someone who actually will take this from me? So if you guys want a Don Cherry DVD, I think I have two of them. You're more than welcome to have them. I, have I will one. not uh, be, uh, I'll not be upset if you guys want them. I'm just saying I don't want them anymore. So if someone wants them, please take them. YouTube killed Rock'em Sock'em anyway. So, it, but yeah, it really that's, did. Yeah, that's my week is that and gearing up. Oh, also playing Theater Rhythm, the Final Fantasy music rhythm game, which is right up my alley. So that would make me happy. Yep. Big nerd. Big floppy nerd right here. Speaking of nerds, James, what about you? Ah, um, well, on the video game trail, I tried to play Goldeneye on Switch and it's fucking impossible. Um, Why? Why don't we just play on Game Pass? I, well, I did. I downloaded them both, but you can't play Game Pass in your bed. I guess I could if I had like cloud gaming on a device yep. that was worth it. Um, uh-huh. But I find the lag to be too too egregious sometimes. I mean, what's... <laughs> Can you do an internet speed test for me right now? And you tell me how bad your lag is. It's, well, it's never, it's not going to be reflective of what, it's, I have like, I have the three gig Bell internet, That's but. That's saying, like, you have incredibly fast internet, and you're saying that all the lag's too bad. It's the not The last time bad. I tried it. I was, the last time I tried it, I played NHL on my iPad with a Bluetooth uh, controller, and it, there was just like that half second input, and it felt weird. Um, you feel so the difference between like one to eight ping when you do something like that. No, for sure. There is definitely a noticeable difference. And it depends on the game. Like a game like, yeah, NHL, where you're, it's a super fast paced game, it, it will definitely feel weird. Especially a game like NHL that you've played hundreds of hours, maybe thousands of hours before. Probably in your be life, fine. Right? Maybe Goldeneye's fine. So maybe yep. I'll give it another shot. But, um, job. well, I like the fact that the Xbox put some. <sighs> the Switch version is the one <laughs> with the on- Switch version is the one with the online, too. Right, which makes no sense, right? No, like you would expect the Xbox One to have the online support and the Nintendo One not to, but yes, you can't fucking communicate of... with anyone on a Switch. No, of course not. Why would you be able to do that? So, um, yeah, oh, so yeah, I'll probably just play the campaign again for nostalgia, and uh, I'll probably play it on Xbox. It, it controls like an FPS, like a normal FPS on Xbox. Um, though trying to set up the controls on the Switch One to see if I could make it work was very eye opening to just how different we played games back then like like i I couldn't imagine using my left hand as a trigger to shoot that is so fucked up yeah right you know like you we would use our left finger to shoot or guys would go like this well for the people can't see they would go like claw play so weird or no they would use the joystick like this between their index and their thumb over top and use this for the trigger and their pinky for the z but it was fucked we had a buddy who played it like that but (laughs) yeah very right though looking back the controls for goldeneye were absolute trash well this okay so you can't see obviously but like i'm holding an n64 controller in my hand i'm actually this is the nintendo switch version 
So the wireless one that uh, you get for the online. Anyways, whatever. Um, this controller was stupid. I don't know who came up with this thing. It was fucking ridiculous. I liked it. Are you no, like the you, memories of yes, using this? I was just going to say, you don't you like, like this controller. You like how it felt in 1999. That's what you like. You don't, yes. you don't like it now. Um, so, yeah, it was groundbreaking to a certain extent. Like the, the fact that there was that Z button, that trigger, like right underneath the stick, that was groundbreaking in and of itself. But it was definitely lacking. You need parallel buttons in every way. So, if you have a one, you need a Z, you need another Z. Like you need two Z's. It should have been right. It should have put them right here. <laughs> solved everything they weren't thinking about that um but then sunday my kid went to disney on ice and i was going to come visit you but you went to your parents so instead i ended up spending about well first of all i went to a and w at queen and spadina and let me tell you it doesn't matter whether it's mcdonald's or a and w or anything on queen, queen and spadina. spadina it's fucking trash <laughs> What, what do you mean? You Queen went all the way to Queen and Spadina from where you were? It's a seven-minute drive, Dustin. It's not all the way. Oh, excuse me. I, I thought you would have been walking. I know you were driving all over downtown. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no. It's all, all over. That? You just go down Bremner and hang right. <laughs> well, yes, I'm familiar with where it is. I just didn't think you'd be driving all over the place. Okay, so anyway, go on. I, uh, st- so I stopped for food at the NW. There was some guy who was totally, like, heroined out, just sitting there, head over, I'm like, I'm just going to take this back to my car and eat. So then I went to Sonic Boom for like two and a half hours. And I spent my entire time uh, in there because I met like, uh, sounds like a fucking love story. But I, I met this guy um, and he, like, I was standing there looking through the albums and he's like, I can't believe they don't have, I don't even remember what he said. And, I, and then I said to him, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Um, and then we just, we talked music literally for like an hour and a half. This guy was like, uh, like renaissance man of, of all things music. Um, he's actually a pretty cool dude. Um, but then uh, I was surprised that like I've wanted to go back there for a while because, you know, getting back into vinyl and, and wanting to have some of like the seminal albums from me growing up. I would think they would have had a larger catalog. Like for as, for as popular as they are in the city, like they don't have that much there in terms of a back catalog. Um, so I was a little bit bummed out with that. I will say, however, I did like almost on my way out, I almost, I went by the rarity section and I'm not gonna say what I saw there because I don't want anyone to take it, but I saw some pretty sweet rarities, like first prints of stuff I listened to that, uh, I mean, they're a little expensive, but that bonus comes in at work. That'll be the first place I'm going because that's some pretty cool shit. All right, everyone who's a fan of State Champs, make sure you go down to Sonic Boom and. Uh... <laughs> yeah, look for the State Champs albums. Do that. Um, fuck, actually, I didn't look for that. Um, <laughs> but I, I did pick up uh, Coheed and Cambria's latest album, the in the um, indie variant. So it's uh, see through translucent, um, like sea blue. So that'll be cool um, once I get my audio setup done. So looking forward to that. That's the most modern thing about records now are those like colorful variant things like when records were a thing and everyone would listen to that predominantly in the 70s or whatever could you imagine someone busting out like a so a i was talking splattered to, blue vinyl right i was talking to my dad about that and I, but he understands it he's like i get it like you have to make things collectible it's, it's just like cards right um 
there's color variants and whatever. So I was talking to him. I was like, yeah, I got this the variant. And it's, I said, dad, it's weird. They don't make them like this or that. And he goes back in the day, it was more about overseas imports. So the cover might be different or it might have an extra track or whatever. Um, he had a rare album cover that was lenticular and he'd never seen lenticular. Like it was the first time he ever saw what lenticular was, it was on this album cover and his buddy had it framed for him. So, um, it's kind of neat that we, that in that experience, I could share that conversation and, and talk about those things and, you know, have similar interests in it, but it's, but it's so different now. And like the Renaissance of vinyl is so fucking cool because I mean, there's a certain audio fidelity that you get from vinyl that you don't get from anything else. It's just got a, it's a full warm tone that almost feels like they're in the room. Uh, and you can't get it with digital, which is why like they have these audio technica Bluetooth turntables. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't want that. Like, give me the old analog turntable receiver, you know, wired speakers. Like, that's what I want. I don't want like some Bluetooth, turntable because i don't i don't know i'll get the same sound no you won't i have one of those like portable uh record player things and they're horrible like they sound horrendous like i need to completely up overhaul the entire sound system to make it sound good but the thing is you can get stereo equipment like for vinyl relatively cheap on kijiji like don't go to the places like sonic boom that has the old stuff you can buy like those they're upcharging because they know what they have but like hundreds of people on Kijiji are just, it's taking up space in their garage or, or basement and they don't even know what they have. It's just, it's one of those Sonic things Temple? people, sorry. Sonic temple. Did I say Sonic temple? No, no, like you said, but I'm just saying like that would have been another record shop. That would have been sick. Yeah. Like that was a cool record shop. Um, but yeah, but yeah most, you're right. Most people don't know what they have or don't care to know because it's just junk at that point. Right. It's like, to them, a record player and a stereo is a VCR. Like, it's just old tech that I got to get rid of. So I'm probably going to prove, well, my dad's got a setup, so I'm probably going to, you know, draft off that. But if you're looking, I suggest Kijiji and shit. You should check Bev's basement. Some of the records she has down there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe one day I'm in the middle of spending most of my money on this vacation coming up with. I bought a few more tickets today. I bought the Dodgers tickets today as well. Um, so we'd go into a bunch of baseball games and stuff while I'm in Los Angeles. So bring your book. That's going to be fun. However, speaking of sports, I did go to the Marlies game on Friday. Oh yeah, which was which was cool. Um, we got box. We got a box because like <laughs> it was like twenty five dollars a person for this box. So That's as awesome. long as you get well, I think we had like a, a discount because of where we work, but like. For I think it's a box that seats twelve. So as long as you get twelve people together, they all throw in twenty five bucks. You get a private box, which was pretty sweet deal. So if you guys oh, want to yeah. do that, you do that one day. I can definitely hook you guys up with that. Um, I'm down to do that one day. But yeah, I mean, Marley's games are fun. It's definitely not the same level as the NHL, of course. But I don't give a fuck. It's just just a fun out, fun night out. And you know, Marley's uh, beat some bootleg Montreal looking team. So I was very very happy about that. Anytime's the <laughs> Maple Leafs beats a Montreal affiliate. That's that's a good time. But what wasn't a good time was last night trying to watch The Last of Us. <laughs> Myself and every other Canadian in the world 
at nine o'clock, every Canadian in the world, every other can- Canadian in Canada, um, went on at nine o'clock and turned on this stupid app called Crave. It's already a dumb name too. Like, let's. I, I think everyone's giving Crave a pass for having a stupid ass name. I think we need to revisit that and circle back and start making fun of them again for having a dumb name. But anyways, everyone went to Crave to watch The Last of Us at nine o'clock. And guess what happened at nine o'clock? It didn't work. Crave crashed. Wait, and I have a side trombone. Oh, do you? Okay. Do I play side trombone? I mean, go for it. You, you, you hyped it up now. There Thank it is. That's that. one of the, that's one of the five uh, sounds that James has no, on his board. They gave me free ones. Those are on top of. Oh, okay. That's well, in addition uh, to. I the got five. another appropriate one though. Okay. Well, crave. Yeah, crave. It's the biggest piece of dog shit. Yeah, there you go. So that's uh, that's what <laughs> crave is right there. So it was it was down like for most of Sunday night and the. So I went on my Samsung TV and didn't work. So then I turned on my Xbox and that didn't work. And then I used my PlayStation 5 and that didn't work. So then I went to Twitter and everyone was saying like, oh yeah, Fire TV is not working and Apple TV is not working. Like everyone just could not get on this thing. Somehow I got it to work on my phone, on the mobile app, and then I Chromecasted <laughs> it to the TV in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I originally was doing. I was hovering around my phone until I'm like, oh, what? maybe Chromecast works. And it magically did work. So I was able to watch Last of Us last night. No thanks to Crave. And I'll tell you what, guys. The most engagement I've ever had in the history of my Twitter career was last night when I was bitching about Crave. And there was I got tons of retweets and tons of likes on that one. So He's hopefully one day. The sentiment boy. shared by many. Yes. Uh, Crave sucks. Bell Media sucks. TSN sucks. Um, unfortunately, we'll have to suffer through CTV and TSN when the Super Bowl happens this coming Sunday. And we have two teams that were at the top of the NFL all year round. It is almost destined for these two teams to be here. At least if you look at the standings. I would say they're Similar teams in the fact that they were both had a very electric offense all year. There was many times through and almost I would also venture to say that like the majority of their offense also goes through the air. I don't think it's unfair to say like I know that uh, Hertz is a tip is the type of guy to rush it himself. I'm just saying Miles Sanders wasn't like lighting up the scoreboard as one of the top running backs in the league. I understand that Hertz does most of the rushing anyways, but um, AJ Brown was a huge, huge acquisition for the Eagles this offseason. And the Chiefs actually lost their best offensive weapon in the offseason, Terry Kill, but still managed to make it back to the Super Bowl and almost didn't miss a beat without him, which is crazy to say. Do you guys want to make a pick? Or do you think, like, who you think is going to end up winning this game? I know we want to go through the props because I think that's more fun. Like we can talk about the Super Bowl and be like, "Yeah, these two teams and they're great teams and whatever." But maybe we start with who we think is going to win, and then we'll jump into the props. So I have been wrong a long, a lot, a lot of this. I've been wrong all the way through the NFL playoffs. And Maddie, I'll get to you in a second. Um, I'm going to pick 
the Kansas City Chiefs just because I want to see Patrick Mahomes rival Tom Brady. And it's going to be incredibly hard for him to do it. But I, I would like to see Mahomes get there. So that is who I'm picking as Kansas City Chiefs. Maddie. So mine wasn't like holding out my hand. I was like telling you guys to go first. But Oh, go. okay. <laughs> we need to like figure out these hand gestures. <laughs> yeah, no, because like I'm, on my screen, I'm at the bottom and you're on my top left. Jim's on my top right. So. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I have you guys vertically. So it's me up top, then James, and then you. Huh, Dustin's the top. So. For and me, you're I, bottom. <laughs> probably full beta energy um i want Mahomes to win it i think the ankle in a game like that is going to be tough and with kelsey not being 100 percent and their receiving core being absolutely decimated look if these guys if kelsey plays um smith schuster plays um they're going to be playing at what 60 percent at best they're going to be so hyped up on painkillers and freezer, like freezing agents and shit like that. I just, and the Eagles are pretty healthy going into this. So I'm going to say Eagles, even though I want the Chiefs to win. And I'm going to say the Eagles are going to win 31 to 17. Wow. That's actually that's a big score difference. I'm gonna say I, uh, seventeen. I I don't care who wins this game. I happen to like players on both teams, and this isn't one of those games where I'm like, man, I hate this team, or man, I hate that guy on that team. There's nobody on either team that I dislike, and there's no but no either team I dislike. Uh, the Eagles are in my top, you know, five favorite teams in the NFL. Um, I said two years ago, I was like, Jalen Hurts is good at football. And people laughed at me. They're like, he's not that good. And Jalen Hurts is good at football. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. And I kind of want the Eagles to win because I feel like he needs to be validated. I feel like nobody puts the respect on Jalen Hurts' name in that league <clears throat> or even outside the league, even though the Eagles are favored by one and a half points. Now, it's not that's not really favored. Uh, but... I feel like just I feel like Hertz doesn't get the the same conversation when he's he's putting up numbers, he's rushing the ball. Like you you can't tell him like Lamar Jackson still gets talked about over Jalen Hurts and they they have like very similar like plays and careers like in terms of of their performance. So I don't I don't know why he he gets overlooked. I mean, people it's weird. People are always waiting for him to like screw up and they're like oh look see Hertz isn't the quarterback that everyone thought he was you know uh, it's it's odd but here we are he's in the Super Bowl and he has a chance to kind of put his name on it and you know even after their immaculate run I you remember when they when they lost they got blown out who they got blown out by when they, to, for their first loss they got blown out didn't they I can take a look while you're talking about it. Though. But I, I seem to remember people being like, see, fucking Hurts ain't it. And it's like, they're 12 and 1. <laughs> you know, like, come on, guys. So I want the Eagles to win for that reason. I think it's going to be 28 21. How cool is it, though? Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey going. Yeah. Not necessarily head to head because obviously they both play offense, but that's just still pretty cool to have two brothers playing against each other in a Super Bowl. 
I, I mean, I'm not a statistician. I can't tell you the last time that's ever happened. I'm sure it's a rare occurrence. If it's ever happened before, I, I feel like it must have. But how, I mean, just imagine what the Kelsey family is feeling <laughs> going. Oh. Like, we see it all the time of, like, they brothers playing Bowl. against each other in a regular season game <laughs> or a playoff game. But to see them in, like, the pinnacle, that's, that's pretty darn cool. If you're in the family, you have, like, if you're sitting there watching that game, it's the ultimate enjoyment. Like you don't, you don't have to worry about someone losing, right? Like you, the Kelsey family. But you would be upset if one, like you know what I mean. Like it's going to be a very mixed emotion. Nah, you just sit back and you go, "We've got this. <laughs> we as the Kelseys have this. You don't have to Kansas worry about." Kansas Kelsey has one. That's what I mean, right? Um, well, no, I think the the Eagles Kelsey has one too. Does he? From the last Eagles Super Bowl. Was he on the team then? I don't know if he was or he wasn't. I think he was. Was he not? The the Eagles won the Super Bowl not that long ago. I want to say it's within the past ten years. And yeah, well, it was like three, uh, four years ago. It was yeah. the Brady loss, his last New England season. Yeah, Jason Kelsey's like thirty five years old. The guy's been in the league for some time. I, I don't know if he ended up winning a Super Bowl with that. I mean, I'm sure we can find this out pretty quickly. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's got to be a really, really cool feeling for that family. And no, yeah, like Jim's right though. Yeah, he like, won. It's like, he he won. Oh. During so the yeah, Eagles Super won. Bowl parade in 2018, he gave a he garnered national attention for giving a speech defending his teammates, coaches, and Eagles fans who've been waiting for 52 years. Yeah, so yeah. who gives a shit? That family is eating yeah. cake. Yeah, they're just there. They're gonna have fun. You know, the brothers both have won, so it's not like one has one and one doesn't. That it's, you know, you kind of feel bad if the one who already has one wins and the one who doesn't doesn't get one, and it's hard to get back there um unless your name's brady but i just yeah you're right that that family's going in there and just gonna have a blast you know stress-free outside of potential injuries and things like that but that would be that'd be a trip now here's the question does dad wear one jersey and a different hat and then mom does the opposite no you got to do the split jersey oh you're that it's... guy I'm not saying I'm that guy. I'm just saying I think that's what mom's wearing. I think they're rocking the half or half red, half green jersey. And it'll say Kelsey straight across the back. And what? Jason's number 62. What Chiefs number? Chiefs are wearing the whites, I think. Uh, Chiefs are wearing. Well, I don't think they're going to necessarily wear exactly what the boys are wearing on the field that night. Kelsey's number 87. So they can't really make the numbers work out either. Yeah, 62 and 87 don't really work out. But. I'm sure they could figure out a way to do it. If you put the numbers like top and bottom, but then yeah. which one goes on top? Who knows? <laughs> but Jim's right about Jalen Hurts, though, because if you think of it like this, everyone's just waiting for justification of why Hurts isn't good enough. But everyone constantly gives Lamar the benefit of the doubt when he's never really done anything, whether it's on the field or attitude wise to really earn that kind of grace. And like you as a Ravens fan can obviously speak to this better, but you know Jim brings up an interesting point that when you compare the two, it's everyone's just looking for that excuse to say Hurts isn't it. He's not a top quarterback. Well, everyone's willing to be like, yeah, well, Lamar didn't have this or didn't have that. Well, to be fair to Lamar, he has nothing. <laughs> like That offense is horrendous. True. It's Lamar Jackson surrounded by Mandrews, and that's about it. Now... Lamar Jackson, in terms of trophies, hasn't really won anything. 
right? Like there's no if he if he did get credited for that Super Bowl, which I don't know if he did or he didn't, it was Joe Flacco's team. Like Joe Flacco was the Super Bowl MVP. So it's not like he won it by being the starting quarterback. Um Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback. But Lamar I don't Jackson think he wouldn't have been on that team. That's what I mean. Like I don't remember if he was or he wasn't on that team at the time, but if he was, he would have been a backup quarterback, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it was in twenty thirteen. Um, he would have been like ten. Man, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but when you say 2013, it's like, goddamn. <laughs> I was like, forget this. The dude was still in elementary school. No, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like, I where there's a, a tadpole yeah, like, in his dad's nutsack. <laughs> in any event, I, quarterbacks will always be judged by how much they win. And rightfully if, so, though, right? Uh, so, to a certain extent, yeah. Because it's, it's really hard to win a Super Bowl. It is, but I think out of any other sport, you know, you have your pitchers, goalies. Um, basketball doesn't really matter because there's no real one position. But, you know, the quarterback's the one where it's you completely drive the offense almost single-handedly in a way. Yes, you have your receivers, your running backs, your offensive line, your fullbacks, your tight ends, you know, your wideouts, your things like that. But it's... Without you facilitating, that offense doesn't run without a proper quarterback. You know, you've seen the NHL where a hot goalie will get you there, right? But it doesn't need to be a Patrick Waugh or a Martin Broder to win. It doesn't need to be that. Um, and then in baseball, you've seen teams win with half-assed pitching, right? You know... There's guys that have maybe not necessarily been Cy Young winners or the best in the game, but overall the staff as a whole is what gets you through. In football, it's the quarterback or nothing, right? So I just find it I, I find it fair to say that they're judged more on wins than a lot of the other sports. Yeah, I just mean anytime you hear about a Hall of Fame consideration for a player, You'll always have someone go back to the the question of yeah, but how many titles did they win? Um, someone like someone like a Roy Halladay, you know, I think, and rightfully so, and he's in the Hall of Fame, so it's not still just my opinion. Yeah. I thought he had a Hall of Fame career, but there's always going to be people that are all the guys that are on the bubble, and I guess Halladay wasn't on the bubble, maybe not a good example, but if you look, think of a guy who's on the bubble for the Hall of Fame, and you're trying to make that determination of whether you vote for them or not. A lot of times that one factor that was going to change your mind is how many championships that they won. Think about, and I don't know if you guys said this, I had to step away for a second, but think about all the quarterbacks we mull over about the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And Dan Marino doesn't get talked about as much as in those conversations because the man never won a Super Bowl. Guys, you think about guys like Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, like they they never won it. And that and you it's it's what separates them from the pack in the wrong direction. And it's I don't I don't know if I can say it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that these great guys never got a chance. But right. it doesn't and happen I, I the same way if, in hockey, right? Like we don't we don't distinguish Matt Sundin from player X based on cups. It's weird. 
Well, that, yeah, that was like kind of the crux of my argument where in other sports, yeah, you can have a hot goalie, but he's not the best, right? It's not Patrick Wall. It's not Martin Brodeur. It's not Dominic Hasek. It's not, you know, one of those guys. You can have a average to slightly above average, sometimes even a slightly below average goalie that can just be on a really good team. Um, baseball, you can have an entire staff that is slightly above average, but do really well. Or maybe one guy that gets you through, but the rest of the staff kind of carries. But in football, it's that quarterback drives everything offensively. He touches, yeah, he touches the ball literally ninety-five percent of the offensive plays, right. unless they're doing direct snaps or some sort of weird or wildcat or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's why I think out of all the big four, it's the fairest. Not to say it should be the only criteria, but if you're making an argument to say that they're judged on their wins, it would be the one that you can make the most argument for. Yeah. And okay. and you're right, though. That's probably why, even though Marino had a perfect season and didn't win the Super Bowl, that's probably why. That he's always looked at amazing quarterback, but always one step behind the other guys, right? Where it'll always be that one thing that will always prevent him from being on that top of the mountain or the top of the pedestal of of quarterbacks hell of an actor though in ace ventura i tell you <laughs> what kind of gum is this lace out boys stay out of my business um, weird guy ace this is kind of <laughs> taking the conversation in a different direction but uh out of curiosity both guys in their prime you are starting in nhl team right now do you want in net mark andre fleury or roberto luongo Probably Luongo. Like Luongo in his prime, for sure, I think. I guess like, the point I'm trying to make is that like, Fleury won however many cups he won with Pittsburgh, um, and Luongo won nothing, right? So The fact that I'm even thinking about it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would... Vi- I, I personally would agree with Maddie. I would think that Luongo is a better player. But again, like I think that seeps into your mind of like, well, this guy, I remember holding a Stanley Cup up, right? So I perceive him as better. Now, I'm not saying Fleury's a bad goaltender or anything. I'm just saying I think Luongo should be the choice between the two. But again, like when the championships is what makes that dis- distinction sometimes. And sometimes it's subconscious. We don't even think about it. We don't even realize that like that's what we're doing. See, with that argument, though, I look at it like this. They were both on that Team Canada team together, and Luongo was the one in net. In Vancouver, it was Broder, Luongo, Marc-Andre Fleury as the third. Um, so, and that's, I think, literally the year after Fleury won a cup in 2009. So, he had just come off winning a cup, and he was the third string goalie on Team Canada. Became second well, string because Broder was not trusted after that first game. And I think it also had a lot to do with the fact that this is not even close to the Super Bowl discussion, no. but I think it had a lot to do with the fact that Luongo was the captain of the Vancouver Canucks at the time. So, and it was in his building, right? It was played in Vancouver, that tournament. Yeah, but I, like, I also think just if you have arguably, well, not arguably, the best team in the tournament, right? The one position that you're looking at is, okay, like you, they probably would have won with either one of them. But they definitely had a much easier route with Luongo, I think. So to me, it's just, I think as a player, Luongo was better. I think Fleury benefited from playing on much better teams. And when you have, you know, a top three greatest player of all time as your captain and also 
arguably a top 40, 50 greatest player ever in Malkin, it's, you know, you've got a lot around you that he didn't have and that Luongo didn't have in Vancouver. So, but yeah, you know digress. You know what? That conversation was actually interesting because I'll tell you, like, think about the greatest goalies of all time and who would you put on that list? Wah, Hasek, Broder. Um, now, if we go recency where it's... That's know, what I was, era, I was just going to yeah. say. Yeah, I think that's a recency bias because I feel like Johnny Bauer should be on the list. But who knows? Like, Jacques they're Blanc. completely different eras. Yeah. So, so even if you say Wah, Hasek, Broder. So, by that... So, Patrick Wah has four cups. Broder has three. Hasek has two. Want to know something? Yes. Tom Barrasso has two cups. I almost spit <laughs> up my prime when he said that. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? Man, Tom Barrasso, that's the name I haven't heard in forever. The most cups, Jacques Plant and Ken Dryden have six. Now, it's a little bit unbalanced, a different era, right? But when you compare guys in a similar era, like Wah and Barrasso, like Barrasso has two. <laughs> like it's Andy Moog has three. There's a guy named Benedict. I don't even know who that is, has three. Who's that? How many does Ron Tugnut have? That was always my favorite goal. <laughs> Clint Benedict. <laughs> Clint Benedict has three, and Roland Melanson has three. Like there are guys here that nobody talks about that has I, that have cups yeah. in the same with these guys. It's interesting. I think it's just interesting. Like fucking Matt Murray has two, right? We we know that. I think I think that lends more to what I was saying about Flurry yeah. and whatever. If Matt Murray has two cups, but yeah, as it, like. It is really interesting to see the history of goalies that have cups that, and not just one, multiples. And you're like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> who the fuck is that guy? But yeah, well, yeah. I, I think it is all about, it's all about championships and what makes you more valuable. And if you want something that's valuable, you need to go to our sponsors, Now Your Treasures, because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now your treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send them a DM, 43.6, to receive 43% off any order. Now, also, something that is valuable could be a bet you plan on placing over the weekend when you are looking at your prop bets for the Super Bowl, because that's one of the best things about the Super Bowl. We were just talking a bit about, you know, the game itself. Not the game. I'm talking about I'm talking about props. Props is what we're talking about. Not the game. The props sometimes is more fun than anything else because there's gonna be a lot of people watching this football game that don't give a fuck about football. And that's totally fine. And there's gonna be a lot of people like us, like we just said, like we don't really care who wins this game. Like we don't have a horse in this race. We we just want everyone to have fun. <laughs> but at the same time, we would like to win some money. So uh as we were scanning through our favorite betting application, who is, does not sponsor us, so we don't need to talk about exactly who that is. 
there was a bunch of interesting props that came up. So we wanted to see what how we were feeling on that. So the first one is, and I think is obviously the first one that's going to happen at the beginning of the game is the coin toss. I think that's one that everyone can get behind. You don't need to know anything about football to know about yards or yak or anything like that. You don't need to know any football jargon. You just need to know, is it going to be heads or going to be tails? Tails never fails, baby. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. I think you can parlay these, can't you? So there's a bunch of different uh, coin toss. So there's the coin toss result, heads or tails. There's the coin toss winner. So you you don't have to pick, you know, whether they get heads or tails. You just want to know who wins the coin toss, regardless if it's heads or tails. Or there's also the option coin toss winner also wins the game. That's an interesting one. And then there's also, if you want to take it one step further, coin toss winner to win the game, and then you pick the team that wins the coin toss and wins the game. So I should almost build out a ticket to see what this would come to. I guess it'd be th- uh, you know, 30, 312, I guess it would be. Minus 312. If you said it's going to be heads, and the Chiefs are going to get the heads, and they also are going to win the game as well. Not bad. A little bit of action. You're gonna, you're gonna build out a ticket there. I might actually on this one. I think I'll do a single ticket where I, just on the coin toss. Just on the coin toss. You know, throwing ten bucks on the coin toss. See what happens. Well, Chiefs are are they the home team? I mean, it's a neutral site, so right. But who gets listed as the home team? So they get to decide the coin toss. That's a good point. I imagine it would be the Chiefs just because they had. I don't know. That's a good question. The Chiefs were 14 and three and the Eagles were 14 and three. So that's a very good point. I have no idea who is listed as the home team. So um, actually, you I know think, what? I bet if we go to. Yeah, I click on this. Because they have, shows, the, they have the Chiefs as the Eagles are listed as home team. OK, so they have the Chiefs as a longer shot to win coin toss and game. Um. I'm surprised it's 50-50 for heads tails because they have like running statistics that have said like throughout the years what it's been mostly and sometimes the odds change on that. So I may build a very weird one. Yeah, I will build a ticket to say tails. The winner of that coin toss will be Philadelphia. And I will also say they will win the coin toss winner wins the game. And then I might as well to win coin toss and game at the bottom. I mean, at that point, you might as well. Yeah, I might as well do all four. So I'll, this is I'll how they get you. Yeah, this is how I'll, these parlays get you, man. <laughs> I'll do I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a little bit of a little bit of cheddar on that. Fromage. Now, from the beginning of the game right to the end of the game. There's a couple interesting ones here. These ones I guess good. we'll go in chronological order. So once the game is ended, surely someone is getting a Gatorade bash, bash, Gatorade bath with whatever is inside the cooler. And the question always is, what color Gatorade is going to be inside the tub that gets dumped on the winning? I guess that the head coach who usually gets the bath. Nevertheless. So your options are interesting because 
yellow, green, and lime are all combined together into one answer. I guess because like the yellow Gatorade is kind of the more ubiquitous thing. That's like that lemon lime thing. But there's got to be a green Gatorade, right? But who like? Is there well, no green Gatorade? You're fucking with me. There's got to no, be. There is, but it's not one of like the main flavors because they have those offshoots of like Gatorade Frosters and Gatorade this and that. It's not one of the main line flavors. And then of course you also have orange, blue, red slash pink, water or clear, and then purple. Purple obviously is the worst odds. Your best odds are going to be for the green, yellow, and lime variety. But man, plus 400 on blue. That's I like I'm liking that one. I feel like you, you don't see the blue one get thrown around too often. And again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you guys should watch Good Mythical Morning because they did an entire episode where they were tasting every single flavor of Gatorade. And it was a while ago when I watched this episode, but I feel like they came to like lime being their best or excuse me, lime being their favorite. Although, man. Matty aside, James, you walk into your local convenience store and you're not picking up a prime. You are going to go there for a Gatorade. What color are you reaching for? Uh, does it have to be the staple ones? Because I really like the, the white cherry one. That was always... Christ. I was into it kind of tastes like that ice pop there. But like, dude, who gives a fuck at the, <laughs> at the end of the day? What I want to know is is it pete rose like if you're the gatorade water boy on the eagles or the chiefs and you're placing a bet on the color of the gatorade knowing that you filled the gatorade bucket or how how many guys does that guy tip off about the color that's in the bucket that's a good point yeah is that pete is that pete rose-esque no because you it has nothing to do on the outcome of the game right you're still betting on it it's like i always wondered about that too like you see I don't know which sport books do it, but some sport books will WWE. take bets on wrestling. Yeah. And I know for a fact there are people in the office who were putting in wagers before every pay-per-view because like the line would significantly change like 25 minutes before the show starts. So I'm just saying it happens. So I guarantee um, Adam Sandler over there, the water boy, is cashing in on right? Super Bowl Sunday by that's his bonus. They're like, listen, but I guess at the same time, you also have to be aware that like you technically are betting on your team to win. Right. Because you're not getting a Gatorade yes. bash. Bash. Motherfuck. Why do I keep saying that? Bash. <laughs> you're not getting a Gatorade bath if you lose the game. Unless you're really proud of your performance. Unless you're like it's stadium operations that does it. So it's some guy who I don't even know what stadium is being played in. Where is this? It's in Arizona. If some guy in Arizona is the one who fills the Gatorade for both teams. And it's a surprise. No, just make sure you know it's the same color for both teams. So then you're golden no matter <laughs> Travis what. Travis Kelsey takes his first cup. The guy's frantically messaging all his friends. He's like, it's actually blue. <laughs> it's blue. It's blue. <laughs> you imagine all the... He's just... Just the group chat gets a text. It's blue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I wonder if you could be in the stands of the Super Bowl. You bring binoculars with you. Yeah. And you're just scoping out, like, what's in the glasses of these players right now? Like, can I see down into that Gatorade cup? What color is this thing? But here's the and thing. And you bet the farm on it. 
but it may not matter because if they have four tubs, what if they have four different flavors? Because like some guys like this, Dude, some that guys is like criminal. This, and, <laughs> right. But as athletes are, some of them are creatures of routine habit superstition. So if some guys like, no, I only drink purple Gatorade, but if the, the guy could look and say, Hey, there's purple Gatorade, I'm betting it on this. But then they grab tub one, which is blue. Yeah. No, it's a good point. I mean, even just polling the three of us right now, we're getting me blue. Maddie, I assume, would have been the yellow green thing because he loves lime things. And then James went with the fucking white cherry. Where the hell no, that, that is? White cherry so, is fantastic. It's like the I'm white sure it's good. I'm just freezy. saying between the three of us, we couldn't come to a decision. So imagine a, a team of 64 guys. Yeah, True. but like white free. Now that I think about it, white freezy, that was always the one you never thought of. But when you grabbed it, you're always like, damn, I love white freezy. To be to yeah, to be honest, I, I would if I was on a football team, I'd be like, you could put Prime here, actually. Become a sponsor. Yeah. Could you, you imagine sponsor of the UFC? Right. But could you imagine imagine imagine? Could you imagine if in a weird world in a few years, maybe the NFL's like, you know what, we're gonna try something different. It's a little cheaper. It's no longer Gatorade, even though Gatorade and football has been synonymous for generations almost that they're like you know what we're gonna go prime's gonna be the official sponsor that would be insane they're the ufc they're they're the official drink of the ufc now no i know but ufc is not nfl no but imagine they were like i i think it'd be crazier if they were like kirkland sports drinks from costco (laughs) which is probably manufactured in the same spot just put in a kirkland bottle she imagines well, the isn't, Kirkland local. Isn't there some sort of agreement between Gatorade and Pepsi? I don't know if they're owned by the same company or like yeah, they're distributed by the same company, right? Yeah. So Pepsi is a major, major sponsor of the NFL. Although, did you notice something about this year's Super Bowl? The halftime show is brought to you by Apple, not Pepsi. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. And you know what? Since we're here at uh, halftime, since you mentioned it, there's a list of songs that Beyonce is it Beyonce, right? Like Rihanna. how much I little I know about the Super Bowl halftime show. It is Beyonce, right? It's Rihanna. It's Rihanna. My wife's gonna watch it. She, she's like, oh, it's I'm Rihanna. It's not even Beyonce. Yeah, I thought it was like, Beyonce. It's Rihanna. Yeah, she's like, I'm excited for the concert on Sunday. I was like, what concert? She's like, Rihanna. I was like, it's the fucking Super Bowl. She, like, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Maybe because the Grammys were on last night, and I, I know Beyonce won a ton of shit or something. I think she got like an, like the most. Grammys ever awarded for someone in whatever the fuck. Maybe that's why Beyonce's on my mind. Rihanna is the one who is going to be performing at the Super Bowl halftime show, uh, which I suppose is when I get, I guess I will get up and go get a beer. But this is when like the casual people, like your wife was just saying, this is what they want to watch. They don't give a fuck about football. So the question is, what song does she open with? And what song does she close with? I don't know about you guys. Umbrella. She opens with Umbrella. No, close. I don't know umbrella. a fucking thing about Rihanna. So definitely closes with Umbrella. Yeah, I think so. I think she opens. Well, umbrella with, uh... has the best odds to be the opening song. Oh really? And then I feel like she closes I like with Disturb- Diamonds. I think Disturbia opens. Disturbia. Well, James, if you feel that way, Disturbia is plus twelve hundred right now. Five bucks on that? (laughs) If she she opens with that, I'm dancing. He's going to dance to disturb you. If I I put 500 on that, I'm magic miking my way through that entire song. (laughs) 
<laughs> just helicopter just the, the entire time just <laughs> Now, also plus 1200 as the opening song is uh, Bitch Better Have My Money, which I feel like would be a very appropriate song to bet on if you're talking about winning a lot of money. That's it. I, I don't True. I don't need, I couldn't even tell you what the song sounded like. I think the Serbia Umbrella is probably what's opening. And then I think she's closing with Diamond. Wait, you, you think Disturbia is opening as well? Either, either that or Umbrella. Not run this town. Oh, wait. Apparently, that's second best odds. What's the what's the shut up and drive one? Shut up and drive. I right, fuck man. I don't know. My list of songs here is Umbrella, Run This Town, Don't Stop the Music. Please don't. We stop found me. love. No. SOS. Uh, Diamonds. Bitch, better have my money. Disturbia and stay. That's my options. I guess the whole like <laughs> shut up and drive is really old probably too old for that crowd yeah it's for the heads and like it just doesn't fit a super bowl like that i'm trying to think of it does, like, songs like that would fit upbeat poppy and jumpy yeah but i feel like diamonds is like suits a super bowl game shine bright like a diamond right like so i i would agree with that so i think it's worth noting so the the songs that are most likely or have the best odds to be the opener is Umbrella at plus 300 and Run This Town at plus 400. To close the set, Run This Town is plus 300 and Diamonds is plus 400. So maybe you need to think about it that way, like what opens and what closes. So maybe Diamonds, as you're saying, like sounds like a song that would be fitting. Maybe does it fit at the end of the set or does it fit at the beginning of the set? So, and here's the other thing, back to the Gatorade thing. What if there's just like a ground crew member who is watching the rehearsal? Has the set list. Yeah. Or has the set list. Yep. You know? Um, it just always brings me back to when Proline first introduced Premier League soccer and they fucked it up so bad because they put they, they put the wrong times. So the game would essentially be over, but the betting window is still open because the betting window would be one o'clock in the afternoon here, but the <laughs> game would be played at seven AM Eastern <laughs> because they forgot about the time difference. So for like three weeks or two weeks people made out like bandits betting like five g's on the result of a game knowing what the outcome was going to be it's great sports almanac yeah pretty much eh? it's back to the future but two re the rihanna songs yeah i think umbrella or disturbia it opens with and then i think it closes with diamonds that's my take for that one not financial advice yeah, I am not a financial advisor. No part of Atlas. Don't sue me. Something we see a lot in the Super Bowl, and I haven't heard this talked about, so I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But we always seem to see like a special guest appearance at the halftime show. Now, this isn't in the list of props. And maybe it is. I just don't know what it, it is. It is. There, there is a prop. I just didn't put it. Oh, okay. <laughs> the answer is there's always a prop for something. Here, I'll put it. As you, as you intro this, I'll put it up there. So like I don't know if it was last year, but there was a recent year where it was was it Jay Z and Eminem was like the headline. Last and then year all it was of a sudden, Dr. Like, Dre and Eminem or Dr. Dre. It was, yeah, that's right. It was Dr. Dre and Eminem, and Snoop Dogg showed up. Fifty Cent showed up. Fifty Cent was hanging upside down like the music video. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> and I remember um, some people on Twitter and everywhere else saying like. 
oh man, this is so cool. Like the Super Bowl halftime show always used to be like my parents' music, right? Like it was the Rolling Stones or whatever. And no one we really cared about. They finally gave us one. Like us young people finally got one. It's like, but then uh, the young people were like, who the fuck are these people? Right. Little did you know, you have just become the old person <laughs> and they are still shooting for the same demographic of us mid 30s people. You're just not like 17 the, and people were like anymore. that was the best halftime show and i i call bullshit and i know a lot of people like go back and watch prince's halftime show and tell me that it wasn't significantly better like prince's halftime show was and maybe that's why maybe because it's on a different stratosphere because the guy was just so good so yeah his guitar solo and the stage he had during that halftime show was unreal arguably one of the greatest guitarists of our lifetime or ever. So who are these but, guests? I can tell you it's not going to be Chris Brown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I would I tend to agree that it will not be Chris Brown. Uh, you're most likely, so at minus 225 is Jay-Z. Then minus 175 is Calvin Harris. Then minus 150 is Drake. But they don't get I along think is, now, don't, do they? I, I mean, I couldn't tell you what the beef is between Drake and Rihanna. But didn't he shoot a shot with her and she was like, get away from me? <laughs> Something like that, I think. Now, there's another one on this list. I have no idea who this person is, and I feel like I'm going to say their name wrong as I say this. But is it ASAP Rocky? ASAP Rocky. It's ASAP Rocky. Okay. Isn't that See, the dude that, uh, that Trump got out of prison in Sweden or something? Yep. Or, <laughs> or, oh, so ASAP is a crew. So Rocky's part of the crew. So it's like ASAP Rocky. And there's so, like there's a few other guys named ASAP this and ASAP that. Is there a baby? Like an actual baby? Because one of the options says ASAP Rocky with a baby. Um, like that's very specific. <laughs> isn't it? Her baby? To, Aren't they? Isn't like it's not. Yeah. It's not capitalized either. It's not no, like that's, a, that's her capital kid. a capital that's B her baby. Kid. Like it's. Because she had the kid with ASAP Rocky, did she not? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, so they're literally talking about the child that they've had. I think so. We could be really so white right saying, now. Yeah, they're saying that he could come out, so it's like mom, dad, and the kid. I feel like that's a horrible idea. <laughs> Actually, that might be a that might be a value pick. Yeah, it's it plus three pick. plus three fifty right now. The only worse odds, at least available. And I don't know, Matt, if you hit like see more, if there's more options, there might be. But at plus 400, there's also Kanye West. Fuck Kanye. Which would be pretty funny if it was Kanye West. I hope not. Like, if it did, that'd be dumb. There's also a prop, by the way. Uh, oh, there's a shit ton more. So here, I will just quickly run the list. Kanye yeah. plus 400. T.I. at plus 400. Kid Cudi at plus 500. David Guetta plus 500. Paul McCartney at plus 500. Pharrell at 650. SZA at 800, Future at 900, Chris Martin at 1200, Neo at 1200, and Shakira at 1200. Mm. But here's the thing. I feel like in a situation like this, it probably should be someone who has done a song with Rihanna before. Mm-hmm. Yes. So off the top of my head, <laughs> the only one I can think of, I know Eminem did a song with Rihanna at one point, but I don't know if that's like a song that you would play at Super Bowl halftime show. And Eminem just did it. Like, he just did the Super Bowl. So I don't see them bringing him in again as well. So I feel like it should be an act that has previously done a song with her. And if there is, like, 
a super popular song that the two of them have done together. I think that's a great opportunity for that to happen. But considering I know nothing about her music, I, I don't think I'm qualified to make this guess of who I think it will be. Yeah, it's it's hard to say because she's done a lot of collaborations with people and it's like who's around and what makes sense. And it's, do you think of people that make sense or something that would really be a shock factor or like that wow factor, right? Well, someone that I think it probably won't be is Aaron Rodgers, who has, <laughs> from all it sounds, it seems as though he's requested a trade out of Green Bay. Now, he hasn't specifically said this. It hasn't been reported that he has asked this. But the, uh, the word on the street is that it sounds like Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. Which actually would make a lot of sense considering the turmoil that's happened between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur over the past two years. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers even came back last year, I think, was a surprise to a lot of people. And it cost them quite a bit. Eventually, they essentially just lost Devontae Adams because of all the money they paid uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, guys, we've been talking about this for months now. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet this coming, this coming season, right? Is that actually what's going to happen? So, what, I don't even know what it would take. Like, what's the package you would put together to trade for an Aaron Rodgers? Like, that just... And what would you be comfortable moving from the New York Jets to say, oh, sure, we will bring in Aaron Rodgers. Is, like, is it Zach Wilson? Is he the guy that goes the other way? Probably not. I don't, I don't think the Jets are going to give up on Zach Wilson already. Um, you don't want to lose... Sauce Gardner. You don't want to lose Gardner. You don't want to lose Garrett Wilson either. But you, you know that conversation starts there, right? Yeah. Like Green Bay calls you up and like, yo, I know you guys want a quarterback. We'll take Sauce off your hands. Or we'll take Garrett yeah, Wilson hang, off your hands. They hang up the phone, right? Um, I think it starts with picks. I don't think... I think the Jets picks are probably as valuable as those guys at this point in time um when i say that i think a mid mid-round pick you think gary wilson was a mid-round pick Brees hall was a late round pick or early second round actually sauce was high first round but uh, i'd be i wonder if they look at a guy like denzel mims who's a serviceable wide receiver um you know the Packers don't have a lot of those. Um, they maybe it's a Michael Carter, um, you know, instead of the two backs. Someone I don't know what their their plans are at the running back position um, in Green Bay, but I, I can't imagine it. To be honest, I think Green Bay having someone to be able to ingest the salary is going to be enough for them. Um, so yeah, I think I think the I think New and let's be honest, they just signed the Jets just made Rogers' offensive coordinator their offensive coordinator. So don't think that that has nothing to do with it. I also think there's something to be said. You know, they're not going to get any of those guys from the Jets strictly from the reason the Jets will just say he doesn't want to be there. Why are we going to give you a top tier asset for someone who will? probably just sit if he doesn't get dealt uh -huh. or just retire if he doesn't get dealt get out of that contract and then sign wherever the fuck he wants to go yeah you know what i mean so 
There's not I, a lot like, of leverage not, for the for the Packers, really. Exactly. They're they're in a literally take what you can that is serviceable, but man, the problem is is Packer Nation is not gonna no matter what you get back, they're not gonna be happy. You know, or they may be because they they might be sick of his shit too. You know, they might be sick of all like taking more money, losing a guy like Adams and just the weird, you know, the whole vax thing saying I'm Im- like immunized <laughs> and just, you know, all the weird I, shit. I so forgot about that. I, I, I've immunized myself. Yeah. So they may just be sick of it and happy to get rid of him. But I mean, for a back to back MVP who had a down year, arguably with not like a lot of resources around him. I mean, I think that the Jets make sense, but I know there's a lot of talk about him reuniting with Devontae Adams in Vegas and Vegas not having a quarterback now. Would you be happy if Derek Carr was the Jets quarterback, Jim, and Rodgers goes to Vegas? Yeah, I would be much. I would be very. I think I don't think Derek Carr was the problem in Vegas. I don't. So um, I'd be okay with that. At the end of the day, if, if it's one of... Rogers, Garoppolo, or Carr, I'm I'm pleased. Like I said, I think this team is in win now. Um what about and Lamar? I think they need someone just to carry them probably two years until Zach's ready. Um and then that'll two be the point away from me, two years away. <laughs> well that'll be the point that they that I think they'll cut they'll he'll sink or swim in two years. Um we'll see. That's that's my theory. Uh, well, you wouldn't want someone young enough that would be around for long term. You want someone that you can start next year, start the year after, but then transition into Wilson and then move out. It's no different than Alex Smith and Mahomes, right? Like that's the way I look at yeah. it. Is a guy who can come in, play, and then hand the ball over uh, when it's time. And these guys, gracefully. great, yeah, gracefully, you do because the kid doesn't need any more fucking problems. So, and I no think it's the franchise. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think if it's Wilson, I think Rogers would do a graceful transition to retirement. Just because, as you said many a time, they're quite close. Um, but it's a weird situation depending on where he goes. I think it depends on, like I said, where he goes is the term that he's willing to play out. Well, let me give you one more potential option for the New York Jets. Could you imagine Tom Brady as a New York Jet this coming season? Listen, man, I'm not buying this for a second. This motherfucker's retired, okay? He's retired. Also, the, the fact that he came out this week and said he's going to start a broadcasting job with Fox Sports in 2024. He's getting he, back. He specifically said, I'm not starting this year, but I will start a broadcasting job next year. What's this fucking guy going to do all year? For the next year, win back live his a wife. life he never had. No. Win, win back his wife. Nope. Yeah. He is going to go for his eighth Super Bowl ring this coming year. He's going to sign with Dude. a team. I'm going to say two weeks into training camp is when he starts to get the itch and he signs a contract to play for a contender. Now I don't think it's going to be the Jets, but could you imagine I what that would do to him. Belichick? The fact, like Belichick hates the Jets. Could you imagine? Having to stare down Brady two, like two three times, three times a season. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd be great television. Like that would be the the best thing the NFL can get. 
is having the New England Patriots against Tom Brady in their division as a New York Jet. Right. Yeah. No, I think I think he's chilling out for this because think of it like this: this is a guy who lost his wife to this sport. He has been more obsessive and dedicated than most people when it comes to diet, training, staying in it. And it's literally been his whole life. I'm not surprised dude wants to take a year off and just say, yo, I'm going to chill. This dude needs I'm to eat a pizza. To, yeah, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to put on 20, 30 pounds, maybe hang out with Peyton a little bit. Could you imagine? What if, what if they turn the Monday night quarterback thing with the Mannings and Brady? Well, that's on ESPN, so it won't be that. I know, and but like I'm saying, Tom like down the line, that'd be so cool. Or they or do their they own try thing. Try to replicate it. What if they try to replicate yeah. it? Exactly. You have Brady with who works for Fox. I just want him to get fat like Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> that's what I want. I I can't even tell you who the broadcasters are anymore because like there's that big shuffling that happened this season. Oh, Greg Olson. And you had like. You know, all your your regular broadcasters for CB, CBS is now like on Fox and all the Fox guys now on ESPN. The ESPN guys are now on Amazon. It's like, OK, well, I can't keep track anymore, guys. But I think I mean, there's been some though. guys like like Tony Romo was probably the best and quickest transition from the field to a broadcaster. But now like, Romo, Tony Romo in the booth is incredible. Well, he was now he's just annoying. Like, I still like him, don't get me wrong, but he always has these weird, like, it, it's almost like, it's almost like he does no pregame prep. Like, he just walks into the booth, he's like, all right, guys, let's go. Do you know the what I calls mean? It, and, calls it in the ring. <laughs> what? The man calls it in the ring. Yeah. And but, so I just, I thought it was endearing at the beginning, and now people, I just feel like, are saying, hey. You know, first couple of years we get it. Now, this is your gig. You got to put in the time to do some research, or you know, to you know, prep the stuff you want to talk about for the certain teams, some of the storylines and things like that. Um, not to say he's a bad dude or he's terrible at what he does. I just think he has to put more work in that he's not necessarily. Do you do you remember the amount of money that was being thrown around for Tom Brady in this broadcasting gig? 10 yeah, years, like, 338 million. It's about yeah, as much for, as he it, made through his pro career. Yeah, the, the number I'm looking at here, and it's, they said it's on ESPN. They said so the, the contract officially is not disclosed, but there was a New York Post article that had, that had reported, I don't know if report is the right word, that had at least, yeah, it says reported, that they reported that it was 10 years, 375 million. It's 375. And what did he make in his career as a quarterback? Was it like 340? <laughs> I don't know, but man, that's got to be close, right? Like that's that's so much money for someone to be a you. broadcaster for three hundred and seven. And it's only ten years. The guy's what in his mid forties? Yeah. I just I I like I said though. Back to your thing about him taking the year off. I you don't double dip on the retirement announcement, and he already this, has double dipped on the retirement announcement. No, Didn't he do that like? Three times already now? No, literally, I mean, like, you don't, you don't come out of retirement twice. Dude, I wasn't jump. I was bang on. He made three, basically $335 million in his in his 23 seasons. And in 10 years, he's going to... He's making double. Half the time. 
Yeah. He's going to he's going to add an extra 40 sheets to what he made. That's what I mean, right? Like why the fuck play football? Dude, get fat, eat pizza. I want to see a fat Tom Brady. I just I want to see a ballooned Tom Brady. How many chins you want to see on Brady? I want to call him Augustus Brady. You're just going to see Tom Brady and Bill Belichick like morph into the same human being. Right. That's what you're going to say. Just a, just a, I, want him, I want him wearing cut-off hoodie sweaters in the studio and just eating pizza on camera. Just housing a burger. Just White Castle out of the bag on I'll say camera. This, he deserves it. Right. But I, just, I want to see him fat. That, I don't know why. You either die a hero or live long enough <laughs> to see yourself become the villain. And that's Tom Brady. Yeah, well, I just want him saying something and then walking off camera licking his fingers from whatever he just ate. Like, that's what I, I just... Or he just walks on camera with a bucket of KFC in his arm. Yeah. He's like, well, Jim, we ran this play. <laughs> Takes a big bite and he just yeah. keeps going. Just... just <laughs> Dumbing a 12 piece. Just swigs a beer. Yeah. Well, did you also see that Tom, the sand of the beach that Tom Brady was on? Fuck off. Some guy like bottled it up and put it up on eBay. He showed a picture of where he was. He's like, see, this is the apartment building. He shows the the picture. Giselle. Imagine being the the guy that clues into this. You're you're watching this video and you're like, he's run out your door. I bet the dude was like, probably lived in that apartment building or something and he's watching he's like that's that's my apartment building and then it dawns on him and yeah he just fucking runs out there doesn't even put his shoes on like he's all just running out the door <laughs> with a mason jar in his hand and just filling up as much sand as he possibly could um so I, we know for sure tom brady is spending some time in the beach i think that's obvious based on the announcement and based on the sand that is now on sale on ebay but a bunch of guys who also spent some time at the beach this past week was all the NHL players enjoying the all-star festivities this past weekend in Miami. I think it was in Miami. It was in uh, Florida. It's in Florida, wherever the Panthers yeah. are. So I guess it's in Sunrise. I thought it was in Miami just based on the colors of their, of their sweaters. But now that I think about it, there's no NHL team in Miami, so I don't see why it would be there. Might so as well probably be in Sunrise, Florida, where the Panthers Might as well play. be Sarasota, the way they're playing. El Boca Vista, the way they're yeah, right. God's waiting and retiring. As you, as you talk about the All Star quickly, because I know you're leading into it, but you just mentioned something, and Jim and me had this comment when we were watching it on Saturday. Those jerseys were sick. They were. I totally agree. Like they were. The NHL very rarely gets jerseys like bang on. Like some of them, you're like, hey, I really like that. You're like, I wish they didn't have this, or maybe did this with it. This was the first time that I looked at a jersey that's not a team jersey and thought, this is awesome. I feel like if you go right now. And they're going to real- be so they're going to be so cheap in like six months. And that is what I'm currently looking at right now. If I go to Maple Leaves on Real Sports Apparel, they do have a Mitch Marner one. It's sold out. I don't want a name on it, though. Well, I'm just saying it's. It was three hundred dollars. <laughs> God damn. Right, but Jimmy and me just both talk. Just talk it. to James's guy in China, and DHQ. you'll get a NHL All Star jersey, ninety eight percent accurate. But like the 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 Miami vibe of the jersey, the colorway with the 
aqua blue and the fluorescent pink, the white Dude, on it's the from black. NHL 94. No, yeah, but it was sick. I really like them. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so what I was where I was driving with that is I didn't watch a whole lot of it, and I'm sure you guys probably didn't either. And the question is, what do you think was the best thing about the NHL All-Star game or the All-Star weekend? For, so for me, I was going to say exactly what we were just talking about. I was going to say the sweaters looked so cool. I thought that was one of them. The second thing was they had all the guys, at least during the skills competitions, wearing the reverse retro sweaters, which, is, cool. which all looked so good. And I was thinking... Why don't they ever wear those in a fucking game? The Maple Leafs have worn their reverse retro sweaters twice this year. Well, once the, in October and once, no, sorry, I think it's once early November, once late November, and that was it. So every team has to wear them X amount of times. Montreal has never won in their baby blue reverse retro that they have. And I think they have two more games they have to wear them in. But why is it two games? Well, why no, isn't the, it? The total is like 10 they have to wear them for. Uh, I mean, so far the Leafs have worn it twice. So we're probably <laughs> so, going to get a buttload of them near the end of the year. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Actually, you know what? That also reminds me of another conversation, and I don't think we this this we want to put a pin in this. But um, did you hear about the Major League Baseball and saying you have to have only four jerseys this year, like max four? Hmm. So <clears throat> that makes me believe that the Blue Jays are cutting one. No, so you that, they're going to have the blue, the white, the baby blue, and the reds. No, the gray. Well, that's the question. Do you have the gray or do you have the reds? That's the distinction, right? The reds because, because they want it for Canada Day. Or do you drop the navy blue altogether? You I go like white, the, navy blue is my favorite. New blue, red, and gray. They may drop the baby blue. I don't know. Anyways, that's maybe that's a discussion yeah. for another day as we get closer to the baseball season. Best, but that's something that best part I saw of the All Star weekend was uh, look. I'm going to be like. I'm gonna be like Matt's wife, my sister-in-law. The best part about this All-Star weekend was Fall Out Boy's performance. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> they were actually they were really good. I w- I was shocked at how good they were. No. Yeah. Um, although my wife being my wife, is that flamethrower okay near the ice? <laughs> Pete like, Wentz. <laughs> Pete Wentz looks old. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like Pete Wentz is old. Simmons is old. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. They were good though, um, yeah. and I thought like I the crowd, the crowd seemed into it, which was cool. So I think they they got the right level of like it wasn't like the Arkells or something. Like they got the right artist for the time, the place, and all that stuff. Um, I just I remember being so enamored with the All Star Game as a kid. I remember oh, no. like. Yeah, Owen Nolan with the point. I remember the Clarence Campbell jerseys, like the just the black and, and bronze jerseys, mm-hmm. and being like, these were awesome. And I just I wonder where that magic went. And I, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they need to figure out something like baseball and they need to put something on the line. Or maybe well, it was like a million dollars for the winning team. Yeah, no, but I mean something that I care about. <laughs> I give a shit about the million dollars for them. I don't understand why they don't do they don't do home ice advantage for the cup final, right? Yeah, that would be interesting. And I get it's because you know you win the president's trophy and you go through, you deserve to get it. 
But like, I just think it would make sense because they don't play each other a lot. And for baseball, it makes more sense because again, interleague and things like that. But I think home ice advantage would be sick. Um, but to what you're saying about the all-star thing, I, I agreed. Cause also to leading up to the all-star McDonald's had all the things and you could get like all the stuff leading up to the, it was hype. And it comes down to this. We were kids and we just loved hockey wide-eyed. We, we weren't jaded by the politics and the bullshit that we're very aware of and the money that goes into players that it is now. And I think we have to readjust our expectations because I guarantee you, you bring your daughter to something like that, Jim, and she's going to have a blast. And she oh, yeah. Will, yeah. So, and I think the NHL is very aware of that. And I think we also, like I said, have to change our perception and being like, this is dumb. This is this. Because I think we just have to look at it and say, look, very understanding. This isn't necessarily for us. Let's just enjoy the ride. I like the dunk tank thing. I thought that was cool. Yeah. We're, shooting the pucks at the surfboard and you know the first guy to hit all four surfboards dunked the opposing team's player into a dunk tank i thought that was cool it was different yeah i um, like that the other thing i like too was the ron mcclain and i mean he's kind of a goof but um forcing gary batman to speak on a few things and gary in his lawyer-esque response to everything me. someone he's basically like <laughs> why don't you move to one to eight like sid wants he's like well it's you uh, the wild card and the and the, and, and, uh, and you're like dude just get rid of the wild card <laughs> like yeah and then he started going in about then we have to readjust the schedule and it just creates more no, no you don't. don't i don't no you don't you just <laughs> you say guys we're going one to eight no more wild card you're done yeah it's done like you could even so, you could even replicate the nba if you really wanted to and do a plan like that, that, even it. that wouldn't bother me. They go to 70, it, like Ron was saying they should move down in games to like 70 something, but I wouldn't mind. Owners would not vote for that. Yeah, they would but I would not mind uh, yeah. like a play-in for the bottom two teams either. No, like if you, if you want a hybrid of it, do this. One to six, then you have a, a play-in, like Jim said, or like a mini thing where it's like the bottom four teams after that. So from seven to 10 compete for the final two spots. And then whoever had the better record between the two in the season of the two teams that come out, get seven and eight. And then you go one to eight. Yeah. And then there you go. It's, it's better than they have now. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what the NBA does. <laughs> okay, I wasn't yeah. sure because I'm yeah. not massively into the thing. But, but the, th the thing is, is like the problem, and I think the trade deadline is the biggest problem, I guess. Not a problem, but like Kyle Dubas knows who he's facing. Like he can gear his team up and tweak it as to whatever he believes he needs to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, and I don't potentially know. Boston, yeah. I don't know if that's well, not potentially Boston. Like he, he needs to gear his team to beat Tampa and then beat Boston. Yeah. Like it's a hundred percent foregone conclusion Realistically, based on the way this playoff system is the same right. team though, that would play and beat Tampa would arguably the same style team. You need to play and beat Boston anyway. So it works, For sure. but Jim's right. You know who you're facing. It's boring. Yeah. Like you're not yeah, it's but, been the same. It'll be the same matchup every year for, you know, however long these teams are good. And that's a product of this stupid playoff format. But and they love it because 
it means the best matchups happen at the beginning of the playoffs. They don't care if there's a good matchup at the end of the playoffs. They want good matchups at the beginning of the playoffs well, when could, they're the most interest possible. Well, and also the first round is always the best round of the playoff, NHL playoffs. Everyone knows that. Well, the and they made it better because they made the matchups better because yeah. the first place team plays a third place team. Yeah, it's better quality Which is right close. off the bat. Yeah, but then you miss but, those upsets. Like, oh man. Yeah. Like, remember like when, when LA. LA eighth place to the to the stanley cup yeah um my my whole thing is and i think the you brought up a thing about the trade deadline and what bugs me about that is look everyone knows that what excites fans and people who follow the sport are trades and guys shuffling it around and the fact that this double hard cap just makes it so insanely tough to move players. I just think at what point, if the NHL has a serious ratings issue, which has been known, which we will get into in a week or two, but <laughs> cause I don't think we have the time to really go we into don't. it, but I, 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 was, I was making the lineup today. I'm like, I don't have, I, I think it's a worth the discussion, but we don't have time for it. Yeah. But I think they need to start evaluating on the next negotiation about a luxury tax and saying, look, if you go over, you pay the, into the pot for the poorer teams to help keep them afloat or you start looking at a hybrid model with like a luxury tax and you can say franchise tag one player where you can't exceed yes the percentage of the cap but they don't count towards your cap so you could then say austin matthews i will give you your 14 million we're placing the tag on him but his money doesn't apply to the cap it'll let teams move around and keep their star players without having to worry and sacrifice to be like well, he's 27, and yeah, we'll get him for three more years. But like in prime, do you know what I mean? I think something like that would work. Or you just be the Boston Bruins, and everyone's on un- the understanding that you don't take a max deal. Yeah, which is yeah, exactly what uh, Brad Marchand was talking about this past week when the Bruins were in town. He's like, "Yeah, we're just a bunch of guys who understand that we can't all take max money if we want to win." Oh, it's true. That's pretty that's cool. Right. It's like they all got together. <laughs> that's a good way summer. of looking at it. That's a good team guy right there. It's like they all got together in the summer. And was like, we really like winning. Yeah, let's keep that up. Yeah. Although Pasternak's probably going to get like fourteen million from somewhere and leave Boston. I don't think you will. Don't think so. They, none of those guys have yet. I mean, why? Why would he be the first? And if he is, I mean, kudos to him. But if anything, you should go to LA. <laughs> He would be so good in LA. So the All-Star game has uh, now been announced to be in Toronto next year. The question I have to you guys is, based on what you saw this past weekend, based on what you liked, what you didn't like, what would you like to see in Toronto for this coming All-Star game? So for me, yeah, you guys are talking about Fallout Boy. That was pretty cool. Um, if it was me, and I know this will never happen. Is Alexis mm-hmm. on fire? <laughs> it would be it would be either Alexis on fire or Billy Talent or Cancer Bats yeah. to be the. I want a Toronto band, and I get that like okay, you can't do that because like that's not going to be like a big enough appeal to like the mass audience. So Bieber, Bieber probably does make the most sense now that I think about. It. I don't know if Bieber's a Toronto guy, but like is he, is he a Toronto guy? I don't know. Yeah, well, Stratford, but Stratford he's a massive Leafs fan. Yeah, you know what? Beaver actually makes a whole lot of sense. And he's good friends well, with Austin Matthews. Yes. Dan O'Toole had this like big 
Twitter rant about like what I would do if the if the game was in Toronto or now the and he had some good points but some of them are like completely off fucking base but he's like have it at the have it at the Rogers Center dude you know these yeah, two fucking that. you know these two fucking team or different companies right like you know the, the 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 consortium doesn't own both the Jays and the Leafs like it's a different company um no. so it's very but I like the idea of having all the Again, it's it's not going to be big enough, but the concept of having all the events already set up so that there's no downtime between the events, really, and you can like, like in yeah, the you're just going bang, bang, bang. But like, there's a there's a benefit to having the downtime, like advertisers, interviews. You need yeah. to run ads. You need the people who are in the building merch. to go to the concession stand yeah. and buy merchandise, buy beer, buy food, buy whatever. So there's a reason why all those but things you are there. Control your I downtime. get it from a television perspective. You want it to be snappy. But you could still control but, your downtime, right? Because you're not dependent yeah, you, on the setup. Um, yeah. I would like to... I don't know, man. I would like to see... I don't know. I feel like... Shots off the CN Tower, accuracy, down onto university or some shit. Who cares? Um, just can you hit that guy? Um, yeah, can you can you hit the guy with the little net standing there yeah. like this? Oh no, I took out an old man. Um, I a lot of people didn't like this, but I lied. Really liked it. I want to see more from the women's stuff. Like remember when Kellyanne Coyne yeah. did the speed, the oh, fastest Coyne? skater. And she was like just up there with the dudes. I mm-hmm. want to see more of that. And even like Sarah Nurse was great. Yeah, I thought. And Sarah Nurse is kind of cool. hot. It, it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, she looked good. Um, that, this is terrible for us to diverge into that because of 2023, but whatever. Um, it would be cool to see like a women's three on three tournament for the professional women's league that they have. You know, like do something, incorporate that more, especially in Toronto, which argue it all you want it's the most money it's the biggest city it's the most fans it's it is the mainstay of hockey just by sheer populace and dollars that it'd be really cool if they took the initiative to say hey let's incorporate more women's thing like look we all know the players don't give a shit about the three on three none of them are trying except from that final game they may push a little harder wouldn't it be cool if maybe they had you know, a couple women on the team and they do like two guys and a girl on the ice at all. Oh, times that'd be cool. That'd yeah. be cool. So you would have a line of say Matthews would be playing with say Pasternak and the third person would have to be a woman from the women's hockey league. And you could have like Sarah nurse or, um, Marie Philippe Poulin or something like that. And that'd be cool. Cause it's non contact guys aren't going to hit. Or even if you the know, main event of the skills night was a 20-minute three-on-three game between two women's team and it, they in 10-minute halves. Yeah. Like, there's so much more they could do that not only serves as something different, but also elevates and pushes the women's game, which they've, you know, should get help from the NHL, similar to what the WNBA gets from yeah. the NBA. Like the Dream Gap Tour is already a thing. There's a way you could promote that while having yeah. um, them. Like that's what I would do, I think. Yeah. But if you're looking at like strictly a skills thing, like a unique skills thing, like they did the dunk on the beach, obviously you can't do that. Um, but maybe like a horse or a shot for shot type thing 
um, you know, for accuracy. Get that like dude from TikTok and make make the NHL players try and do it. Yeah, it's true though. Know. But I just think something like say in conjunction with the accuracy contest, if you had a board where targets are moving and you have two guys up against each other and the targets are moving Points. similar to like the old rupee game at the bone arrow and the slingshot in zelda where they pop up at different points and you have guys trying to fire at them that would be cool yeah and they were different points and you had to like yeah. the harder ones are worth more points or uh, even exactly. a celebrity maybe a celebrity game yeah there's plenty celebrity of celebrity games i think are a really cool idea but the hard part is like people don't understand hockey's fucking hard yeah. Like, well, no, but there's it's some not like basketball where it's like here give a ball to somebody and they'll throw into like whether they're good or, at it or not they can make it work because all you need to know how to do is dribble and but there's some decent but, celebrity hockey players yeah celebrities like and Wyatt Russell legends yeah Wyatt Russell can play Bieber can actually play I mean um, Taylor Kitsch although he's not a really a celebrity but he can play Cannon Reeves can play well you need to get Jonesy and Riley out there and you'll yeah, get oh, yeah. dude Oh, that's the thing. I would, I would incorporate Letterkenny in that whole fucking weekend. Well, could you imagine if Letterkenny was introducing all of the, like the characters from Letterkenny are introducing all of the events? Or Shorzy? Yeah. The cleaner Shorzy. Or just yeah. do, doing the post game interviews. That would be, yeah. let's see, it's shit like this. And Bell owns the rights to Letterkenny. It's easy to get them in there. And they would probably just be, yeah, we'll do it. Right? Of course. I mean, he's jim playfair's son <laughs> yeah like yeah like totally if you get like all of them just doing one thing here and there like imagine having like k trevor wilson doing like one of the skills competitions like just hosting it that's yeah he's a, here's an even better idea well not necessarily a better idea but here's another great idea that if you really want to kind of get interest have players do skits with some of the letter Kenny guys, like pre-film it, say like guys Saturday like live. Like, yeah. Like an SNL type thing. Be like, Hey, we're going to do some skits on the Friday leading up for it. You know? So Friday afternoon, we're going to all go down to here and you have like Riley and Jonesy doing a skit with like Matthews and I don't know, McDavid or some shit. Oh, you want to know something yeah, too? There's like, you could even have synergy and this is, this is the, the worst court. I know you hate the word corporate synergy, but this would be the biggest one have the next set, season of letter kenny involve the toronto all-star game being a part of it yes and then it it leads into the all-star game because it comes out at christmas time right every year yep. so then you could have that be a storyline about riley and jonesy trying to figure out how to get involved in the toronto all-star game because they want a wheel so yeah that'd be hilarious <laughs> like big city snipes at the toronto all-star game and they try and figure and then and then they end up there in real life would be kind of neat. Yeah. Can you imagine like they're doing a skit where it's like Austin Matthews, they're sitting in like a locker room or something. It's Austin Matthews and Sarah Nurse are like lacing up their skates or something. And then in walks in Bonnie McMurray and they both look over and they're like, Bonnie, Bonnie McMurray. McMurray. <laughs> right? Or they're just, or, they're just like, they're doing like the hockey talk with Matthews and Nurse. It would just be amazing. Or, or what about say they're doing a skit where they tell like Matthews and nurse, they're like, okay, you're going to have two more players on your team. They'll come in a little later and they're sitting there getting ready. And Riley and Jonesy walk in and they look like, who are these clowns? And they're just acting like themselves. And and Matthews, <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, who the hell are you kind of thing? There's just and so then, much potential. 
And then Matthews just starts chirping them. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, fuck you, Matthews. And then all of a sudden, you, they like pan over to the bathroom and like Shorzy's there and he's chirping at them too. There's so much potential for it. Yeah. It's, you're right. And the other thing I, I always thought, say, of, sorry, go ahead. I would, I was going to say, I, that I would consume the shit and you do it as a full like few days leading up to it. Right. So I mean, you make do, it a part of the season. Yeah. Right. Or the other thing I was always thought about and would be awesome is if these guys didn't know who they were playing with until the day. So, throw the sticks in the middle of the ice and do one, two, three, four. Like a Hunger Games type thing. No, like, like a, pond hockey. Yeah, yeah. like what you used to do as kids. Like Strat hockey. Yeah. yeah, I like one, that. One, two. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I, I like all And get a kid ideas, to do it. Get, get like a young kid to be the yeah. one who puts the sticks on each side and then like he wins a contest. You know, for the Letterkenny thing, it doesn't even have to be in the season. Like every so often, Letterkenny will have like a special a one-off episode special that like will happen on St. Patrick's Day or happen on Valentine's Day or yeah. whatever. Letter like this could be the special. one-off special episode that happens like so if it's All-Star Weekend's Friday, Saturday, then like this Letter Kenny episode comes out on like Thursday and it's all a part of the All-Star Weekend of this new Letter Kenny episode. I got to message that man. I got to message KTR Wilson and be like, "Hey, you need to hook me up listen with Listen to Jared. this episode of the podcast. Listen, I don't yeah. want to repeat it, so just listen to it. Listen, listen, we have a lot of ideas. Promote I'm just going to time code this and send you this file. And we're going to tweet it, and I'm going to tag him in it, and then I'm going to message him and be like, hook us up with Jared. We got an idea. Yeah. I think it would be great. But you're, you guys are right, though, um, about the, like, the corporate aspect, because I'll say this already. When they announced that, my wife already started messaging people. I was like, you're on mat leave. And she was like, no, because we got to start now if we're going to try and do something next year for it, for the next All-Star game. Because she was like, when I'm back from mat leave, it'll be the start of December. It'll be too late. Yeah. So she already went into full, let's start doing something. Let's get marketing out there. Which, if it works out and they do do something, boys, let's go to the All-Star game. <laughs> you said doo-doo. <laughs> doo-doo. Uh, one person who I think will definitely be at the NHL All-Star Game next year representing the New York Islanders is Bo Horvat. And we talked a bit about Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat last week. And I think that's when the trade was breaking and it was about to, or by last week, a few days ago. <laughs> that makes more sense now. The trade must have just happened last time we talked about Bo Horvat. Um, but the interesting thing now, he's signed an extension. It was like eight years, $8.5 million a year. And when asked for comment about it, Lou Lamorello was like, it's too much money, it's too much term. Like, he was joking, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lou, being a very old school guy, he <laughs> made it clear that like he doesn't like these long-term deals. But do you guys remember one of the longest deals that Lou Lamorello signed? Do you guys front remember this? Front Ilya, Ilya, Ilya Kovalchuk for like 13 years. 17 years. 17 years. It's the biggest dog, dog shit. <laughs> dog shit. <laughs> it's he's he's the reason they redid the cap. Although I'm pretty sure he did it out of spite because he was the one who said these front loaded deals are what's causing a massive issue. You've got to re- fix this and whatever. And they were like, no, it's fine. So he did this with Kovalchuk almost as a spite move to NHL is like a big F you. And that's the reason they did it. Like they, they also had the, the retirement problem too, right? Yeah. Guys would retire and um, just, that was it. That the team that was, he was currently on had to pay for the deal. So these, but it didn't count towards away. the cap. 
Yeah. So then what they did was, was like, fine, you want to sign one of these deals. It doesn't matter because if he gets dealt, it's on you still. Well, the, well the, no, there's the, yeah, there's the, the retirement penalty now, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're over 35, the entire cap remains re- regardless if they retire or not. Yeah, which I don't know. Does it work where if you sign the deal after or is it only the years you're after? So say if you sign... You have to be like, over 35. So if you sign a four-year deal. deal at 32, right? And you retire at 35... It doesn't matter. Okay. From my understanding, you have to be 35 or over when you sign the contract. Which really, nowadays doesn't really happen. Like outside well, of maybe, Joe Thornton and Zidane Ochara. Maybe that's wrong though. Maybe that's, you, that was my understanding of it. I, I feel like that's... Because I think it was the Chris Pronger deal. I could be wrong, but I feel like that was the one where it first started being implemented of like, okay, this guy is not going to play for... You know, the, however long you're signing him for, and he's 36 years old, and you're giving him an eight-year deal. It's like, well, what the f- like? Well, now they have to just stub his toe and say that it's permanently fucked, and you can never play again. <laughs> you're on LTIR. But did you also see that Horvat has a new number now? Oh, who did Sizikis not give up the number? Well, it's not about giving up the number. I, well, that might be part of it, actually. Casey Sezikis, uh did have 53 already, but Horvat's now number 14. So, Sezikis, give up that number to Bo Horvat because Bo Horvat has well, that number so, to honor somebody from London. Right, but here's the thing. I think the only reason Casey Sezikis has number 53 is because he was wearing it prior to Lamarillo coming in to the team. Yeah. Lemarillo doesn't allow vanity numbers. Everyone has to have a low number. So I think because Sezikis was already in the team before he got there, the only, op- the only guys who currently have a viv- quote-unquote vanity number is Sezikis 53 and uh, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot has 44. What's with, like... I get Lou has rules and it's about the team and not about the player, but man, at what point... Do you just say, like, as a player, be like, I don't want to deal with this. You also can't have facial hair. Right. Except for playoffs. Or hair past your collar. See, like, for me, I'd be like, fuck this. Don't (laughs) trade me to the island. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) Well, if it was the only place I would ever get to play, then yeah, I would do it. But if they were just like, hey, here's a list of teams, I'd be like, you can, there's six teams on here in the islanders were one of them. I was like, cross them off the list. I will not go there. Or wherever lose the GM. Yeah, but if you got drafted by. Yeah, but then I know I. If you got drafted, you'd be full Johnny Damon, sir. The passion. (laughs) (laughs) Full Johnny Damon, not even the same guy. Shaves for the Yanks. You would do. You would do it for for if they were like it's five million dollars or you can sit out. You're like I'll shave my beard. Right, but I'm saying if I had the choice, I wouldn't. Yeah choose to go to be like you have to dress like this it feels like it feels like a detriment like if you're trying to sign people right but if you're if you're someone who's already kind of like that who has short hair and a beard and doesn't really give a shit about the number then you're like whatever fine but i can see why especially a young team like toronto why they may have gotten a little fed up with it Mm -hmm. um you know saying like the no facial hair thing and the no you know because could you some of the suits that these guys wear coming in? They're allowed, not bad suits. He allowed beards in the playoffs, though, did he not? 
Yeah, Beards he was okay with because he was like, that's tradition. Only in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. But, but I any just other think, time of the year, you cannot wear it. I just think there's some things that he can stick to and some things that, in the grand scheme of things, really don't matter. Yeah. So. Uh, just to put a bow on that Chris Pronger thing, I was actually pretty close. Chris Pronger was 36 years old when he signed an extension that was seven years in length. So it would have paid him until he was 43 years old. And it was for his total salary in the first year. So this is where it got bullshit, okay? His first salary in the first year was $7.6 million. Then $7.6 million. $7.2 million, $7 million. The last three years of the contract were $4 million, $575,000, 575,000. So very clearly, those last three years of the deal where he would have been 40, 41, 42, or whatever it would have been, 41, 42, 43 maybe, were all like league minimum numbers. He eventually would have retired in 2012. So he didn't see one, two, three, four, five years of that seven-year deal. So that is why the 35-year contract thing exists. Yeah, but Horvat will be 30 seven when his deal's up right but he didn't sign it after 35 no no i'm just saying like in terms of lose comment on it's too much money it's too long the money thing i don't think is the issue i definitely think he was half kidding when he talks about the length of the deal i think he's not happy about eight year deals for players i think a lot of the league isn't happy with eight year deals for players but i think they deal with it is because they know it's the nature of the beast that if say they can all say we hate this but then one gm's like well we want this guy so we'll give him the eight years and this other gm's like you know what fine fuck you we'll do it too it's just it's the rules you play in right well i mean lamarillo also would have signed the eight-year extension for matthew barzel as well so it's not like this is unheard of for lou but you're right it's the nature of the league right now and this is kind of what you have to do to keep these guys around and i mean fortunately eight years is the max i guess fortunately for lose lose case is that you can't sign a guy for more than eight years but yeah if you want to keep these good young players around and i would venture to say matthew barzel might have been considered a good young player at one point in his career i don't know if he still is considered that i mean the guys right, this season he's doing okay i guess he's got 12 goals in 51 games he's he's all he right definitely I fell off from the hype He's definitely I don't know. When was the hype exactly? Like two years out, like two years after he broke into the league. So that would have put him and wow, Matty, you're you're pretty close to absolutely right. So his second year in the league, he scored 85 points in 82 games. There you go. But then since then, 80, 62 points in 82 games, 60 points in 68 games, 45 points in 55 games. That was probably COVID. Uh, shortened 59 points in 73 games and then 43 points in 51 games so far this year he's not really a point of game guy and he has an eight-year deal where he's going to be start getting paid 9.1 million dollars next year for 60 points average over the past how many years those are like michael bunting numbers for 9.1 million (laughs) dollars that's could you imagine that that's Michael Bunting goes into his negotiation and say, I'm putting up equal to comparative numbers to Barzell? Right. Oh, that's so bad. So sometimes when people look at the Maple Leafs and like, oh, they're giving so much money to Matthews and Nylander and Marner. It's like, well, those are like three of the top players in the league. <laughs> um, they're not giving almost $10 million to Matthew Barzell to score 60 points in a year. So 
yeah. Let's keep that in mind, Leafs Nation. Next time back you to decide to Richard winner, and you're complaining about him making 11 million a year. Exactly. Let's let's pump the brakes on the stuff we want to complain about. Um, I think someone who has reason to be complaining, a fan base that is, is that of the Dallas Mavericks, who were probably looking at their team and saying, you know what, Dallas is looking pretty good, guys. Like this Luca guy, probably. One of the better players in the league right now. Everything seems to be going okay. Everyone's getting along. And then Mr. Flat Earther, anti-vaxxer, the lunatic fringe, Kyrie Irving is now headed to the Dallas Mavericks. And guys, like I know we've been talking about this for a, uh, for a few months now as well because it always seems like he's been on the bubble because he's asked for a trade, not asked for a trade, wants out of Brooklyn, doesn't want out of Brooklyn. Like, the season started, and we didn't think he was even going to be there. No. And then all of a sudden, he asked for a trade, and he's gone like three, like 48 hours later. I suppose the timelines were accelerated since the NBA trade deadline is coming up soon, but man, I don't, I don't know what the Dallas Mavericks are thinking. They are, sure, not the best team in the NBA right now, but they're in a playoff spot. Yeah. And I and don't Luka, think Kyrie makes this team better. Well, we saw Luca will the team to win over the, the Phoenix Suns last year. And Phoenix was the top team like in the league, were they not? So I don't wait, did they beat the Suns? Is that who I'm thinking of? They did, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Suns. I might be wrong though. Um I just I don't know what the Mavericks get. Like Kyrie is an elite shot creator in the NBA, but like Luca's gonna have the ball. I just I don't understand. It was Phoenix. Sorry, they lost to Golden State in the conference final. Yeah, I mean, I like does Luca. Like the West is wide open. Don't get me wrong. Um, There is no top team. Like the Nuggets are 37 and 17, and the Grizz are 32 and 21. But the next playoff teams are the Kings at 29 and 23. The Sacramento Kings are up there. The Clippers are 30 and 26. But then the Mavericks are 28 and 26. Like it's wide open. I don't. And do you think this puts you ahead of the Grizz? The Nuggets? I don't know, man. It's weird. Just, the other weird thing too is if you're Kevin Durant, you you ask for a trade and then you settle down. Now what? He's gone. He's asking for a trade. He probably already did. I know Maddie saw this, but like someone uh, tweeted earlier today, like this uh, stitched together video of oh, yeah. Inception, oh, wow. where Matthew McConaughey is like pushing the books off the bookcase, like trying to stop his daughter from, or trying to stop himself from leaving when he's in his daughter's bedroom, and that's it's like. This is uh, Kevin Durant trying to tell himself in 2019 to <laughs> not sign his contract with the Brooklyn Nets. That's a great point, though. Like, think of how much Kevin Durant's career has been wasted. Like, this guy should have numerous NBA titles right now. But he has been... Too. Sure. You know, because he hasn't been as, like best asset at times either his only he's been his own worst enemy at times 
you know, there's the burner accounts. There's numerous the injuries that happened last year in Brooklyn. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, how do you stay there? How do you make a commitment to that team the way you did after asking for a trade? And then Kyrie asks and they oblige. And then you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? Like, I feel, I would say you probably feel slighted at this point. So do you think that Kevin Durant would get a trade now? Because wasn't the whole thing like, I want to, so Kevin Durant asked for a trade in the offseason, and they didn't give it to him. And they patched it up, and they started the season all together, him and Kyrie. Steve Nash, yeah. It's like, okay. And now Kyrie's gone. Do you think that means that Durant's now going to say, hey, can I go too now? Is it okay now? Like, Like, yeah. Okay, so like, may I be excused from the table? Like, you know, um, it's interesting. I heard, uh, I saw the tweet that Wodge said there's a third team potentially involved. So, and there, he said it would, might be the Raptors. That's the noise. Right. But I, I don't think that's happening anymore. No, it's right? finalized I, already. Yeah. Oh, is it? So the trade okay. is finalized. Just, uh, the two teams involved, but you bring up the Raptors and that's where I was kind of going with that. It's been a thing for a while of, Maybe it's just a Toronto spin on things, but Durant grew up a Raptors fan. There's been however many times that it almost seemed that he was going to come here. The Raptors are seemingly sellers at the trade deadline. What if they're not? And they go. What if they find a way to go get Kevin Durant now? No. I'm just, I, 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 come on, I'm just saying. No, I, I, I get like the pie in the sky thing, but Durant wouldn't want to come here. I think would he you would, want to stay in Brooklyn. No, but I think he would probably say, "Send me to LA to the Lakers, or send me back to Golden He's State." He's not going to the Lakers. The Lakers are horrible. <laughs> right, but I'm saying he would, he would, if he had his choice between Toronto or the Lakers, he would sooner take the Lakers over the Raptors. Really? The Lakers, I, I think the Lakers are a couple spots out of the play-in, and if you get Durant, him and LeBron would just dummy people as long as they both stay healthy. And don't forget about AD as well. <laughs> I still think Street the Suns. Pose? I still think the Suns are probably. He would. Top. He would fit so nicely in Phoenix. Yeah. Oddly enough, with Devin Booker I mean, there. Yeah. So he would just fit to, nicely just, here. Hold too, on, but. just to compare apples to apples here. The Lakers are 25 and 29, and they're in 13th place. They are three spots back of the Jazz in the last play-in. So they'd have to get up to 500. So they need to win four of the next, like four straight games during the play-in, essentially. The Raptors are 25 and 30. And the eighth place team is at 500. The Raptors need to win the next five games in a row to be in that play-in spot. They're literally in the exact same spot, like in terms of the standings. Right. The Lakers and the Raptors. So again... Just throwing it out there. I'm not saying I think this is going to happen, because I don't think it will. But I'm just saying, everyone is looking at the Raptors like they're sellers, and like, let's move out Van Vliet, move out OG, move out Pascal. But what if you add in Durant to that mix? I don't know what you'd have to give up to make that happen. You might not have to give up much anymore, considering what Kyrie just got traded for. Yeah, you 20-36 first-round pick. Okay. No, but I'll just, give you a 2026 and a 2025. No, but I'm saying 
I think at that point then twenty fifty five. We're we're gone off computer databases and they just lose track of that pick and it's just into the ether. Yes. But I think, like I said, the Lakers, he would choose that over Toronto mostly because then he would say, yes, they're in the same position. Then if I go to either or team, which has gives me the better shot of making it into the playoffs and going on a run. And I think, yeah, he's older and he's not as dominant as he used to be, but I think he would pick LeBron. Shit. I wouldn't be surprised if he went and played with, um, what's his name? Uh, in Denver, Jokic. Big, yeah, Jokic. He'd be good in Denver. Well, you know, sure. Denver is like the best team in the league. So, right. yeah, of course. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there's so many more options that I think he could go to that he could fit that he would choose to before coming here. I, and also too, just that kind of mindset with a, in the spot you're in with the Raptors as a young team that you're kind of growing and needing to build i don't think that's the mentality you want to introduce in your locker room and he's also signed through 2028 or something yeah yeah so that's just that's just well again like it's not necessarily what kevin durant wants like is he gonna have i don't does he have like total ubiquitous say on where he gets traded or does does he just request the trade it's the nba he will give them a list because they know that if they don't do within that list he'll just be like then i'm not playing and no team's going to deal with them the yeah, team would awesome. right so players have so much more control in the nba than any other league that he'll just be like, eh, send me there fine i'm not playing so the team's going to be like well then why would i deal same thing with Kawhi. that's why Kawhi was so long to get dealt and why he actually ended up coming to toronto was he's like, well, I'm he's, not gonna- yeah he's sitting out in, uh, in san antonio yeah but so it wasn't durant saying he was going to sit out and not play for brooklyn and then the season started he started playing because so. he talked to Kyrie and they came to an agreement. Uh, and now Kyrie's not there. Yep. Exactly. And then could you imagine that through all of this, they're going to be left with Ben Simmons? Oof. <laughs> but yeah. That is not ideal. But to summarize, what- Raptors need to ship a bunch of shit out, do full tank. Durant's going to probably go to a team that is in a top five of the league. And Kyrie is gonna piss off uh what's his name i'm terrible with names today luca luca Doncic. he's gonna piss off luca and that's not gonna work i I, i'm already predicting a massive failure well something that's not a massive failure is everyone's favorite segment of the week right it's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is a segment where we get to hear maven's entrance music from his illustrious wwe run from 2001 to 2001 um my shout out this week and shout outs uh, if you're not aware is when we give a shout out to someone or something to leave the show on a high note someone that we thought did good work or someone that we enjoyed or something that we thought was cool in my case my shout out goes to one Eric Voss of New Rockstars. Uh, if you guys are unaware, New Rockstars is a YouTube channel found usually on YouTube 
where Eric Voss, among others, but Eric is the one who I see most often on New Rockstars. Eric Voss will do breakdowns of movie trailers and movies or episodes of television shows I'm watching. So most recently, he's been doing breakdowns of episodes of The Last of Us. And it's really cool. Like He will go like frame by frame and show you like Easter eggs you may have missed or compare it to a video game where he'll dig up like a reference that the writer made to like a play from 1961 or something like it's very deep, like a deep dive into the Easter eggs of these TV shows or Marvel movies or trailers or whatever. So if you are into that sort of what I call nerd culture stuff, new rock stars, Eric Voss is your guy. And there's a lot of really cool stuff there. James. Uh, I have my shout out prepared and then I closed it one second. So my oh, shout out actually, funnily enough, is connected to that Adrian Wojnarowski tweet. And it goes to <laughs> the Twitter handle, GoNix, at GoNix123, who tweeted under Waj, Waj, thanks for the report, bro. I may use your comment section to help me with my college algebra. Does anyone here know college algebra? <laughs> <laughs> good good man That's for being an, an opportunist so shout out to at gonix or whatever one two three for recognizing that you have a situation where you have a lot of eyes on you and maybe get some some tutoring help out of it for for college algebra what were the replies like uh, i don't know i guess did you get the help <laughs> i don't know oh yeah <laughs> the first response is y equals mx plus b <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's all you need to know right there. Just the equation of a line. That's it. That's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Some guy goes, Are you for real? If it ain't that much, I can help you if you need. What do you need it done by? Yeah, like tonight. It's only one problem, though. <laughs> and then the guy says, DM me. So the guy got his help. Venmo. In the States, Venmo me. <laughs> Someone, I can't help you, but I'm rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, shout out to that guy. Sick tweet. Twitter comments. Twitter comments under things like that are the best. Yeah, like it's I, it's a deep hole. Um, that's a good one. I like that. My shout out was to Pedro Pascal, and my shout out is to Pedro Pascal because for a couple reasons. One, for all these actors who will do a nerd role and then say that's it, I'm done. He dives head first. He's like, give them all to me. I'll do it all, and he loves it, and he's in it and he's fantastic at it and the other reason is finally someone who doesn't try to play the media game too much where he does but he doesn't let it deviate from who he is someone asked him they're like well what do you think about all of these like comments and like the thirst comments about you right and most people be like i've never really he's like maybe heard a couple he's like no i read them all they make me feel great so he's like when i'm having a rough day i go through i scroll through he's like i read every single one of them and they make me happy I appreciate the dude's honesty because so many people would be like, I mean, I heard about one or two or whatever, but, and kind of play it down. But nah, he's like, I'm in it. Um, well, if you're unaware, we're deep in the middle of Pascal season. Yeah. Mandalorian's with, coming. No, no, I mean, he's currently starring in the hottest last, show on television right now. The last, last of us. us. Yeah. And then as that show is ending, Mandalorian, Mandalorian season three starts. Like this yeah. guy is going to be on your TV in a leading role on the biggest and, shows on television. He hosted From the beginning of this year right into the summer. 
And the SNL skit with Mario Kart was oh, absolutely man. fantastic. Dude, that SNL skit the, was incredible. If you haven't the, seen that, go look up the Saturday Night Live skit of the Super Mario Last Kart. of Us mashup yeah. or whatever. Or the, the skit where he's doing the steak at the table and he can't stop laughing. It was incredible. It was, it was I fantastic. I didn't see that one. Is it good? You got to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it was it's pretty good. funny. It wasn't anything to do with him, though. No, like, no he was I, just dying laughing. Yeah. But I love SNL skits or like even TV shows because you notice it in Seinfeld a lot where guys crack, but they just leave it in there. Like there's plenty of scenes where in Seinfeld they cut it short or you could tell the scene was trailing off and they start laughing, but they just left it in. So I love that. So I'll, I'll try and watch it. But that the funniest where he's like, why are you eating those mushrooms? Because they make me bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, Speaking of Seinfeld, there was that episode where, um, th- remember the marine biologist where of Kramer course. was hit? Yeah. At the very end of the episode where George was talking about him, like making up the story about him being a marine biologist and he had to go into the water and pull out the the golf ball from the blowhole. One. You know, that was one take. Really? Yeah. Like they, and it was one take on like no notice. Uh, I think it was Larry David who goes up to Jason Alexander. He's like, you're, you're a quick study, right? It's like, yeah, sure, I guess. Like, can you do this monologue and like and just memorize it and like do it in like 30 minutes? It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And like they gave it to him, like he read it over once or whatever, and they just went out there and did it. And like if you watch that scene back again, Elaine is like cracking like crazy. But they keep cutting back to Jason because they don't want like they want to ruin the shot. And even with uh Julia totally cracking in the whole thing, like Jason got through that whole thing in one take. And it's probably one of the most remarkable feats of acting I've ever seen in my life. So with that lens, go back and watch that scene. It's actually really, really cool. My favorite is when he tells Kramer that he looks like an old ball glove. And he's like, don't look at me, I'm hideous. And Jerry is just pissing himself laughing. Apparently, they tried for like three and a half hours to do that scene. And like 40 takes and they couldn't do it. So finally, they just said, what's the best one? And the one where Jerry's the least obvious laughing and they just put it in there. So that's funny. Well, sometimes it takes a lot of takes and sometimes you get it right in just one, much like this show. And we thank you very much for joining us for another episode of 43.6. This was episode 42 of 43.6. So that means next week is episode 43 of 43.6. We will see you then on 43.6. The Sports Podcast. You always want it. <laughs>